Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is the most exciting party I've been to in a long time. It is our Urban One party that's going on down here. That's our company party that's going on down here at Slippery Noodle. They were kind enough to go ahead and coincide the party. You can hear it right here. Coincide the party with the incoming weather and this show today and the Larceny Bourbon Locks and the Luna's Will Tequila Shots for yet another week in the NFL. And we are good to go. I will give you a weather update. I know that Sean Ash is out there listening of Channel 13 WTHR. He's going to drop in and give us that weather update. I know normally I don't do weather uh, because what it does is takes away from the sports time. If you watch a regular newscast, they do about 900 times of weather and then give you two and a half seconds of sports. I don't like that. But in this case, when you start talking about, like, bomb, cyclone, crap like that, and like, what? I never heard that before in my life until, like, two years ago. I thought, all right, we'll get Sean Ash to call in here a little bit later on, and we will talk about exactly what is incoming, inbound weather-wise. Chris Hagan is going to join us at Fox 59 here live at the Slippery Noodle as well. I will tell you, I want you to use caution. I want you to have the smarts real good. I want you to understand that this weather is really going to stink and supposed to get bad in the neighborhood of 5.30 or 6 o'clock. But I also would love to see you before the holiday season starts. I would love to see you before Christmas. I would love to have Brent Halverson drop on to you one of the famous samples from the catalog of Heaven Hill Distillery. That's awesome. I have one of those, too. I would love to see you, but I want you to use caution. All right? I don't want you I don't want you to, like, swing out. I'm going to do it. I'll be just fine. Use caution. But, again, I would love to see you down here. Hagen in a second. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst with our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. He joins us coming up in a couple of minutes as well. Hey, last night was fantastic. Last night is the reason why that you dig on the Pacers and you love watching the Pacers and even in losing, they're exciting. Now, I can tell you this, if you have a 30-point lead, 29 at the half, 28 at the half, and you gag that up, there probably wouldn't be a great deal of good conversation today. But after last night, and this is twofold, you go out and you beat one of the NBA's best and certainly one of the best in the Eastern Conference in the Boston Celtics in their place. 
you get off the snide because they've struggled. In-game situation with the Knicks on Sunday, in-game situation in Cleveland on Friday, that has been a struggle. But last night, it was also a struggle in the fourth to close out this game, but they got the job done. So you get a win over a good team. You make everybody feel really good about that going into the holiday season, or at the very least going into that matchup with the Heat coming up on Friday down in Miami. But at the same time, if you're Tyrese Halliburton, and we'd played the video, we'd played the audio and the video together from the uh, next television network, with what Wally Zerbiak, the one-time NBA All-Star, the former NBA player, who now is not only a color analyst for the Knicks, but also for CBS Sportsnet. And you'll see him coming up on CBS in the month of March. So you'll see all that. But he made those ridiculous hot take comments about Tyrese Halliburton on Sunday. And it was nothing more, as I talked about, it was nothing more than a guy that's not a hot take artist who was out of his sense of norm, who felt as if he needed, compelled to be a hot take artist and called Tyrese Halliburton a fake wannabe all-star. Well, that's just the butthole effect right there. That's what happens when you listen to too many people. That's what happens when you hear people that go out there and say that all the time, that feel compelled, that you have to have a hot take, that you have to yell at somebody. you got to shake your fist to get somebody to listen. That's not how we work here. That's how Zerbiat worked on Sunday, and then he thought better of it, and he apologized. And it's probably a good thing because Halliburton last night goes off for 33-8 and eight and was outside of still what is an incredible Jason Tatum had an outstanding night and one that I love from a standpoint of the Pacers get a win over the Celtics but then you also say hey Zerbiak what about this whole fake NBA all-star wannabe which by the way Halliburton not one time ever said not one time ever beat his own drum not one time said hey I deserve to be an all-star there is no doubt he's in the conversation there's no doubt he should be in the debate but he not one time brought that up. And last night, you know what he did? And this is what we all love. This is what we're taught here in the state of Indiana. We're taught to get back on the floor. We're taught not to get back with the mouth. We're taught not to care about that. We're taught to get back. We're going to get our payback on the floor. And that's what Tyrese Halliburton did last night. All right, we'll get Hagen and our good friend Brent Halverson, the betting analyst, in in just a second, but from Channel 13 WTHR, staff meteorologist and big-time sports fan in his own right, Sean Ash, <laughs> he joins us now. So uh, tell us all about this bomb cyclone, Sean, and tell us exactly <laughs> what weather-wise we should be staring at coming up around the 6 o'clock hour here locally. Uh-oh, bomb cyclone. You got to take a drink, brother. You got to take a drink when you say that. <laughs> I'm way ahead of you, man. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, man, this, uh, it's, a, it's a bad boy. I'm telling you right now, they got blizzard conditions behind this, uh, this sucker over in Illinois. Champagne's already down to a wind chill. Uh, Sub-zero already down to 11. Um, it'll be in the city. The front's going to be in the city roughly around 5 p.m.-ish. And uh, we're going to have heavy snow and blizzard conditions here between that time and about midnight. And um, it's going to be a pretty decent thump when it gets in. We'll probably get a quick uh, three to six out of this bad boy um, by the time we get into two or three in the morning. I mean, the roads are really going to go downhill quickly here. Um, 
and it's just going to stay nasty, man. The road crews really don't stand a chance against this one because of how how cold we're going to drop. And um, and then we get the wind tonight and tomorrow morning, wind chills 40, 30 below. Going to be nasty, nasty, nasty. So three to six around here locally. So normally, uh, you know, that line between heavy snow and not so heavy snow is I-70. Is that what we're the looking at chain. here? Are there going to be heavier points? Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I pretty much, I think all of us are going to be in the same boat. There will probably be some pockets maybe over in the eastern side of the state, southeastern side of the state that might get uh, seven plus out of it. Um, you know, and the snow is one aspect. But, man, it's just how quickly we're falling, how low we're going to fall. And uh, then you take that wind on top of all this. And, oh, by the way, we're also that the sidewalks and roads that are wet now, that stuff's going to freeze here fast. So it's just a messy, messy setup. And uh, I don't envision uh, road conditions getting much better tomorrow just because of how cold we're going to be. And, um, and then this was, you know, I, think this, I think the nasty roads continue into Christmas uh, Eve day. I wish I had some better news on that. Just not great timing. Uh, for this yeah. going into the holidays. So, sure. yeah, Sean Ash. I got uh, Angela Buckman back in from Florida with me here this evening. We'll have you covered on 13, brother. Why, man, they, they made they made Angela and, and Chuck get back here. They had to hustle <laughs> hustle ass back. I don't know. I don't know if they made them, but they're they're in the building. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is kind of a situation. I think when you mentioned bomb cyclone, I guess in the weather department, <laughs> that means all hands on deck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's going to, if you remember the one we had back in January 2014, it'll be similar from a cold perspective and just how uh, how bad the roads will be for how long, you know. I mean, we're going to have a wind chill sitting at about 30 below for probably about 12 hours, man. You know, so it's like even if you want to get outside, you know, the kids can't get outside tomorrow to play in it because it's going to be too too cold. And it's going to be tough, you know, to even clean up your driveways and sidewalks because it's going to be too cold, too. Sean, I know you love sports. I want you you to do me a favor. Have a a couple of cold ones for me, uh, if you don't mind. And uh, think of me here, brother, this evening. Stop stepping on me. Stop stepping on me, Sean. I've known you 25 years. You step on me here. Hey, um, (laughs) how will this weather, when you think about football games on Saturday this week because of Christmas on Sunday, you're thinking about the Bears playing outside at Soldier Field. I mean, we we could have some really, maybe not snowy, but some some cold, cold games going on this weekend. Yeah, and there will be some snowy ones too. Um, yeah, those Saturday games. So I think we got what we got: Bing, uh, Bengals, Patriots, uh, the Bill, the uh, Bears game, um, the Browns Cleveland. I think Cleveland. has a home game. Yeah. So you know, if you're a fantasy footballer, you better watch out. You better make some moves here because uh, cold and windy, um, and heavy snow in some places too. So yeah. That makes for, it makes for good wagering, it makes for good TV, and it yeah. makes for fun for the weather nerds to talk about how it's going to affect the football game. So, uh, Sean, I know you're super busy, brother, on this day, so we appreciate you calling in. Hey, Sean, yeah. hey, before you go, though, I'm glad that uh, health-wise everything's good too, man. We, we love having yeah. you around, man. Keep that, keep that ticker intact, okay? I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I won't be pushing any Indigo buses around. Uh, the wife's put the kibosh on that, so. <laughs> yeah, don't don't be doing that. Hey, also, get some rest. All right? You don't have to work 24-7, 365 uh, tonight with this. But uh, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for calling in today, and thanks for advising folks out there because this is definitely one it sounds like that everybody needs to take seriously. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for uh, letting me hop on, man.
you got a Sean Ash of Channel 13 right there, the staff meteorologist with all hands on deck in the weather department, Chris Hagan, tonight. So what he's saying is it wouldn't have been a good day for us to go tooling around in the Celica. Like the good no, days. exactly. <laughs> no, no. No, no. It would not be a good day for that. Also, betting analyst Brent Olverson is here. Hey, we start week 16 of the NFL tonight. And if the Jaguars win, the Colts are done. Now, the Colts are already done. Don't get me wrong. We all kind of laugh when we say if the Jaguars win, the Colts are done. They are effectively done right now. But the Jaguars stick the proverbial fork in the Colts tonight with a road win over the Jets. Betting analyst Brent Halverson is here. We've got our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila shots coming up at four. Things that stick out with this matchup of teams that are kind of right there battling one another well go to uh, tonight's game right i mean yeah and, and we speak of weather weather's going to be a big factor in this game right here so you got to take the the, the pass game is probably going to be very minimal it's gonna be a running game and the jets have not found their running game lately i mean they got son of a night they're not doing anything right uh travis etienne your guy in fantasy yes. right which hey, by the way we had the consolation game you I and love i the, yeah, the five and six <laughs> there's oh, nothing man. worse in the world of sports than playing oh, in a consolation like, yeah, game who's the second place winner right yeah who's the, the third loser, loser. Yeah. i want to be the third loser let me play in your consolation game but no you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a, a crazy game tonight weather's gonna be it's gonna be rainy it's gonna be wet it's gonna be cold winds are gonna be blowing uh, again, it's tough to cap a game like this, but uh, you look at the Jaguars. They've been playing tough. They've been playing some really good football. And then you've got the Jets, right? They've got Zach Wilson back who took three weeks off, you know, yeah. because he had to uh, kind of reset. Well, you know what? I think it's time now you're going to see what it truly comes down to. The Jets have a great defense. But, again, that Jaguar team, they're, they're tricky. They're playing, right, they're playing really good right now. So uh, we'll see. It'll be an interesting game tonight. But weather, as Chris mentioned earlier, you know, Cleveland, Chicago, some of these big games this weekend, it's going to come down to this weather. So it's tough to kind of put a, a true handle on what's going to happen this game. Great deal of effect, no doubt about that. Now, Chris, with the Colts, yesterday it was a, a surprise, I guess, where they've changed quarterbacks again and they bench Matt Ryan again for Nick Foles. I don't think there's anything to see here because I don't even care. Uh, but there may be something behind it. Do you think at all because he's got a two-year deal the Colts kind of want to look at? Maybe the possibility of keeping him on as a veteran backup next year, or is it just kind of in the world of cliched? And normally it's when you're playing well, next man up. This is like the cliched when things really suck, next man up. Well, let's say they go out and draft. I think right now they're sitting in the sixth slot. Yeah. Imagine if they hadn't won that game at Denver in overtime, they'd be sitting in the three slot. Yep. But who knows? Uh, you say they draft a quarterback, wouldn't you want to have a guy like Nick Foles? as the backup if you're going to go out there and maybe the rookie's not ready to start you go with Foles. maybe the rookie starts from day one you got Foles there and as we've seen with teams uh, like the eagles this week it pays to have a name brand backup guy that started games and won big games you know gardner Minshew will be stepping in for the eagles uh, you don't want to have your backup guy as it was for the colts this year be a sam ellinger guy yeah. you trot him out there and, and you know we saw how that went. So, uh, yeah, I think it's like, uh, what, what does Foles have left in the tank? I don't think wins and losses, I mean, in that locker room, they're going to say, we're playing for, was that the voice of God? What just happened here? <laughs> that was you, uh, brother. That was you. Uh, they, they, want, they want, in that locker room, the players have pride. They want to win. But I think as a fan right now, you're just kind of saying, hey, who, like you said, doesn't really matter who you trot out there. 
Let's try to start looking toward next year in that draft pick. And yeah, the you say it's impossible. I mean, there, there's mathematically a chance the Colts can make the playoffs. And you go, well, no way. Well, those are the same people when they were up 33 nothing. Say, well, no way they blow this one. So in, in the way this season's been, when you think about three starting QBs, two head coaches, uh, just four wins, uh, anything is possible. It's uh, Chris Hagan, Brent Holverson also here. We're live at the legendary Slippery Noodle on a Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday, Week 16. Brent, and Chris alluded to it. So you've got a couple of new quarterbacks in the fold. Obviously, Nick Foles on Monday night starting for the Colts against the Chargers. You get Malik Willis under center for the Titans who are reeling for an injured Ryan Tannehill. And at the top of that list, you've got the likely MVP, Jalen Hurts, not going to start that game. Gardner Minshew, the uh, veteran backup, is going to get the call as a starter for Nick Sirianni's Eagles. Yeah, you, you get the uh, little bit of uh, look back to last, the stash. The stash is coming back, right? So he's got a little, uh, he's got a little uh, experience in this game. Malik Willis, I'll tell you, I, I kind of like this kid. He come from Liberty, right? So yeah. He, uh, he's got some spark to him, so I don't see too much of a drop-off from Tannehill there. That's the game I'd kind of be concerned about because got to have Tennessee lose the game. It's going to be tough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're right. There's, there's some different changes going on right now. We're going to have some different quarterbacks in. Again, weather's going to come into play. That's why they play these games, right? It's coming down to its playoff hunt season right now, and everybody's still in it. Colts are still mathematically in it. They need a lot of help. So are the Green Bay Packers, who are heading to uh, Miami for yeah. Christmas Day. Uh, and it's going to be 39 degrees in Miami for Christmas Day. Is it 39 that's, degrees that's in Green Miami, Bay, really? That's Green Bay Packer football weather yeah, right it is. there. So, you know what, if the Packers, uh, just a little stat while I'm talking about the Packers, if the Packers win out and the Commanders lose two out of three games, which they play Dallas and uh, somebody else that's pretty probably going to lose the game, and then the Seahawks lose one of the three games, Packers would be in. So there's there's a chance. You're, you know, it's, hey, a chip, it's a chip in a chair type. Calm thing. down, Rain Man, with all your stats here. Hey. <laughs> do, do, you like the fact, do you like the fact that there's so many crap teams that are still in the play? Because they added there are more playoff teams now. Yeah. yeah. And then you have, like, the NFC South. Every team has a losing record. Do, do you like that, that teams that are – Five and nine are still. Does that make it more well, exciting, I mean, or does it, it make it more kind it, of? Well, you said the NFC South and the AFC South. The reason why it is because the division stinks, and I'm assuming that's the same way for the NFC South. So that would be the same way anyway, even if you didn't add right, because the division winner is going to end up getting a right. home game, which is absolutely how, how absurd. Would you, how would you like to be like four games better? Than Tampa Bay, but instead you're a wild card. You have to go. Yeah. You have to go play at Tampa against Tom Brady in a playoff game when maybe you were three or four games better than the them. Dallas Cowboys, yeah, for example. I, I, that, yeah. That's what happens. Crap like that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, Chris, I, I do love that they expanded it a little bit. Um, I don't like that that situation right there. Right, you could have a crap team that's coming in under 500 that's going to have a home game. I don't like that, but it's kind of what that's how they know, right? That's 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 the way it's been set up. But I do like it for a team like the Green Bay Packers, who are six and eight, that can finish the season nine and eight, and still have a chance to get in there. I like that a now lot. Who's your favorite team again? Uh, I'm a big fan of the Packers, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. A legendary slippery noodle where we give our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Zool to keep the shots coming up here in the four o'clock hour. It is our Urban One Christmas party going on, coinciding with the show, which is awesome. And I will tell you this: as much as I want to see everybody, I love seeing everybody we do understand because things are going to weather-wise drastically change if we miss sean ash here a couple of minutes ago uh the temperatures are changing big time in the neighborhood of champaign illinois right now so it's only a matter of time 
before it does get here. All right, Brent, our betting analyst, Brent Halverson of Heaven Hill Distillery. Anything else besides those games, the quarterback situations, this Thursday night of the jump off the page in week 16? You know, we got some great games. I mean, games, if you're looking at like like the Bengals in New England, right, that's one that kind of stands out. I, mean, I love the Bengals in the game, but but again, New England's playing tough. They're fighting. They're still alive, 7-7. Seven and seven. They're in the hunt, right? So it's going to be a good game. It's still Bill Belichick. Uh, we've got a couple other games. That Philly Dallas game, right? We're talking about you got you got uh, Hertz is out. That's going to definitely hurt them. But uh, you know you're talking a six point spread. Hey, they still got a lot of weapons out there. So I think that's going to be a great game as well. And then you know teams like uh, you know Las Vegas and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Back to your point, Chris. They're still alive, right? So there's still that's why I like it. There's still something going out. There's five teams I think that have been eliminated so far. You know what are they? What are those teams going to do, right? Like you know the the Ram, the the, uh, the worst game of the week is going to be what the the Rams and Denver both are mathematically eliminated. They have nothing to play for. Talking about a just a, a game that doesn't mean anything. But again, they put a line on this to make us uh, have a little interest in the game. We'll talk about that at the four o'clock hour, John. See, uh, see what. Yeah, that. And, and on those those Sunday games when they set the schedule for Christmas, like well, this will be some great games. Only one of those six teams has a winning record right now. Uh, when you think about those games. Uh, and, and put this in the back of your minds, too, as you think about this. I know we have picks coming up. I have a huge decision to make in the semifinals of my playoffs in fantasy. Joe Burrow's been my guy all year QB. But I have on the bench, I have Jared Goff. Dare I sit Burrow, who will be playing at New England, and give Jared Goff the nod as they play at the Panthers. Well, I thought we were going to do here I sit all broken hearted. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't go there. Is there, a, is there a case to be made for starting golf uh, on the road against the Panthers instead of Burrow on the road against the Panthers? Here's how I look at it, Chris. You're like, and again, golf has been playing some good football. He's been putting up some points. He's got all his weapons available. He's got all of his weapons available. They're playing in Carolina, which is weather's going to be kind of a little bit nicer than what we're right. forcing up here. Uh, but, you know, you got. Uh, it's a tough call because, you know, uh, Burrow in New England, Burrow in New England is going to be, uh, you're probably going to have some cold weather. You're going to yeah. have all kinds of other elements come into play. It's going to be a, uh, a challenge. I would lean Jared Goff. Just, uh, he's been hot. And again, I think the weather's going to be nicer. I think it's going to be a little bit more conducive for Jared Goff to go off. So I, that's what I would lean. Right and it there. rhymes, too. That, that might be the way to go. Yeah, I, I've been, it's, it's, okay, let's be honest. It's stupid fantasy football. But in bed last night, I was just tossing and turning. Oh, what do I do? Because you hate it's going to be one or the other, yeah, right? You're going to pick the wrong one. Right. And the other one could have won it for. Burrow will get 16 points, sure. and Goff will have 44, and yep. I lose by 10 points. So that that's why we love and hate fantasy football. Absolutely. All right. right. It's a great question, right? So Tucker Barnard's a good friend of mine, Brownsburg native, catcher, red, former Red Leg, former Tiger. So Tucker signs today with the Chicago Cubs. Oh. I don't like the Chicago Cubs. I've never liked the Chicago Cubs. So does that mean now I have to like the Chicago Cubs? So pending a physical, so I don't know right now if Tucker is like turning his head and coughing with a doctor or what. We should talk with him coming up at the bottom of the hour. But do I have to become a Cubs fan now because our friend I, Tucker Barnhart becomes a I Cubs? I say no, you don't. And here's what... People always say, oh, you must, you must be the biggest Colts fan, or you love IU, you love Purdue. And I, in this business, and as I've been to so many games, I don't root for teams anymore. I root for individuals with whom I have relationships who are good guys. And there'll yeah. be a game, like when, when the commanders were here, I was rooting for Terry McLaurin. I, I wanted Terry to do well. Doesn't mean I was rooting for Washington to beat the Colts. And, you know, you know we, we love Matt Painter. 
love Coach Woodson. So I'm not rooting against anybody or rooting for a team. There's individuals that I'm happy to see do well. And as you said, I'm a huge Braves fan, but when they're playing the Cubs, I'll be hoping Tucker cranks a three-run homer. I would say this. Tucker, if you're listening, come up here to the Slippery Noodle before the weather gets bad. Let me get you some cocktails. Let's fail that physical. And then let's go back to the Cincinnati Reds. That would be my personal thought, but that's just me, Tucker. All right, so here's, here's what I get from Tucker. Uh, he has been advised until he passes the physical not to do anything because of what happened with Carlos Correa, if you remember. Carlos Correa was going to the Giants. Now, and then now, where's he going to the Mets now, or Mets, something yeah. like that? So now, the, do the Cubs want until him? Until he passes a, the physical, do the Cubs want him as a catcher or a pitcher? Because you know we saw him. Pitch. Yeah, he was. We yeah. saw him pitch this year. Yeah, <laughs> they put him out there. That was awesome. So uh, Tucker Barnard, our friend from Brownsburg, is signing a deal with the Chicago Cubs. Which the only thing that would be worse than that for me would be signing a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. So I'm assuming Tucker's going to do that to me coming up next year. But what that does. <laughs> is uh, open up the opportunity for you guys to call. Got time for your calls at 239-1070. It's Chris Hagan of Fox 59, betting analyst Brent Halverson of Heaven Hill Distillery. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool, Tequila Shots. That is coming up at the top of the hour. Dustin DePurak covers the Pacers for the star. Bottom of the hour, Pacers-Miami coming up tomorrow night. Pacers over Boston last night. And then Mike Chappell is going to join us coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Happy holidays. Use caution. Be careful. Don't screw around with the weather conditions tonight. If you can make it to the legendary Slippery Noodle, we'd love to have you. If you can't, listen Call in, get on the lounge, uh, inside the lounge, YouTube Live. You can get there as well. You can watch, listen, participate. The stream, the app, HD Radio. And on a Thursday, happy holidays to you from 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, welcome back to the... Uh, legendary Slippery Noodle. I want to give a shout-out to Jim Borthwick, who's over there. Jim, thank you for bringing your family out today. Circle City Traveler, engage, experience, and explore. That's the heart of Hendricks County over there. Thank you for bringing yourself and your family out there. Also, Brent, we know this, that they get stocked up with some Heaven Hill Distillery product, don't they, buddy? Yeah, and I, I had a pleasure of meeting and talking to them. And uh, Lunazool is going to be their uh, new tequila, which is awesome. I love There's that. I love hearing stories like that. that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Betting Good analyst, Brent Halverson, JMV, Chris Hagan of Fox 59. Top of the hour are Larceny Bourbon Locks and Lunazool Tequila Shots for week number 16. The legendary Slippery Noodle downtown, if you can hear in the background. We've got a group that's ready to party from Urban One. All our friends and colleagues from Urban One with our Christmas party. We would love to see you down here. Now, Chris, I want... Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. Raise the volume. You can go ahead and crank it up to 10. Is that why you're drinking uh, iced tea on the Well, no, because I drank an iced tea because I'm... Yeah. I've already drank the other stuff. We've got a new cocktail. (laughs) Refreshing cocktail coming on. I don't think anybody in here is not understanding of what happens during these shows. I think... 
go, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, is he up there drinking? Wait a minute, I don't know. So, no, I think they're cool with that. Hagen, last night in Boston, Pacers on the road. You get up 30, you go to the half up 28. You had to hang on for dear life, but you get a win. That, that's the NBA. And if that's why if you ever wager on an NBA game, just don't watch it. Don't, yeah. don't watch it until the fourth quarter because right. you'll ride those emotional highs and lows and they'll kill you. It, it is unbelievable how, how leads can get away, leads can be built, much more so in the NBA than, in, you know, in the NFL. Don't tell the Colts that. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I believe that the um, – I don't know when it went off at the beginning of the season, but I think the over-under on Pacers' victories was 22 yeah. or 22 and a half. They're, they're going to crush that. Before the All-Star break, they're going to have hit the over. Yeah. So uh, props, no pun intended, to everybody who, who jumped on that. I'm just excited about this team, the, the young stars they have. Uh, a reinvigorated, it would seem, Miles Turner. I know you get a lot of heat for uh, a little bit, for liking yes. Miles. Uh, I, I think every game they go out, I, I'm never surprised what they do. I'm never surprised with the game they win. I know they were plus 320 last night, a nine-and-a-half-point dog. And to go out there and take care of business, it's just – you know, you're excited about this year and you're excited about what could be in the years to come. But it's all about keeping that uh, nucleus together. We've seen talented young stars come here before and shine and then decide they want to be somewhere else. You want to make sure you keep these young guys here and together. Let me tell you about Halliburton last night. I love Halliburton's game, and here's why. Because that was a good team, A. And I know they'd struggled recently, but it was a good team. But you saw, right? You saw from the first half when the Pacers, and in particular Halliburton, had so much success. You saw in the second half the adjustments defensively that the Celtics were making. Um, and they were playing up full court, making sure he didn't get that inbounds pass, making somebody else bring it up. They were double teaming him, trying to make him get rid of the ball. But he just continuously adjusted and made those right calls, made and, those right moves. And he can be a scorer, but he's also, I mean, I don't even yeah. watch some of these highlight reels, like montages of some of the passes he's made. I mean, he, he's a he's a talented guy, and that, that wasn't saying the whole wannabe all-star thing, so it was great to see him go out there and drop 33 on uh, Wally Zerbiak's head. I think the one thing we couldn't take, though, is for our local team to lose a 30-point lead and then lose. Like we saw the local team on Saturday, Brent Holverson, lose a 33-point lead and then lose. Not win the game, but lose in Minneapolis. I mean, talk about a crazy turn of events, right? And, and Chris, I'm going to jump back here a little bit to your comment about don't watch the games until the fourth quarter. I really agree if you're a fan, yes. However, if you're a betting fan, watch those games. And when you see a big lead that should not be happened. Get on that end game wager. That's when you live bet. Yeah, yeah. And and let me tell you something, gentlemen. I was all over Minnesota Vikings. I was. Loved them. Loaded the money line before the game started, right? So I'm laying 205, right? Just to win 100. And then throughout the game, I'm betting I bet plus 7.5, bet 16.5. I bet plus the highest one I took, plus 26.5. So when they marched all the way back, I'm sitting there like I already lost all this money. There's no way. But you know what? I turned around. I hit every one of them. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a pretty good swing. But again, back to your uh, point. If you, you in NBA, I, it, to me, it stands for no betting allowed, <laughs> right? Because you just don't know. I mean, you really don't know. But when you see those, those games go flip-flop like it should be, 
That's when you get on that live game. That's when you get a little action going and then watch that second half. Yeah, it's like, it's like playing the stock market. It know? really is. Absolutely uh, right. It's funny, though, as you watch those NBA games and they'll show the graphic. And as quickly as these runs, it'll, it'll say 12-0 run in last yeah. minute 14. And you're yep. like, what? What happened? Oh, yeah. And then you'll hear the announcers. It'll be They'll be down six with 45 seconds. And the still plenty of time. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? But sure as hell, they, they, you, oh, can, yeah. you can run those down. When you think about it in terms of the NBA, and really trickle-down effect into college, into high school, but certainly the NBA, Chris. Remember how massive a 20-point lead used to be? Oh, yeah. A 15-point oh, yeah. lead. When you got a lead, when you pushed the lead into double figures, it was so huge. And then now, I mean, what is it? Like three and a half minutes off the clock in the third quarter? Yeah. Something like that. The Celtics literally came out of the half and I think hit two threes and had a two. They carved eight points out of that 28-point lead and just like that. It, the game has changed so much. Uh, and you, you go back to Steph Curry when he, when he started shooting those threes, you know, from midcourt. And, you know, this guy's an idiot. Well, then kids on playgrounds, kids in high school started, you know, I, I can shoot this. It's like when Odell Beckham made that one-handed catch and you're like, well, that's insane. Nobody does. Now, in the, in the bowl game last night, yeah. you saw a kid make because you start doing that on the practice. You, practice. you start doing it, yeah. that in practice. You start shooting those threes from who knows where, and you, you run down the court. You got the shot clock. You chuck and duck, and you make them. Uh, it, it's just an exciting time. But uh, this weekend, I'm sure you saw the stat. It was the first time ever in an NFL weekend that three teams overcame deficits of 17 plus points. Uh, no lead is safe. We've known that for a long time in basketball, but in football, it's like that now. And so you can't get on a team and say, well, why are you running up the score? Why? You, you better get all those points because at the end of the day, who knows, you might need them, Colts. Can you imagine all the Colts and Matt Ryan offensively had to do in the second half? Besides just... What, just make some it, first downs. Yeah. yeah go, all you had get, to do. Get three first yes, downs on a drive. And yeah. You didn't Absolutely. even necessarily have to score right. if you could just go ahead and cut some clock. They couldn't even do that, Brent. No, they couldn't. And you know what's crazy? They put up 33 points in the first half. They put up three in the second half. What changed so dramatically outside of, of you, you got a very, you know, Kirk Cousins, right? Like he, he's done it before. He's going to do it again. But what changes in your scheme so much to go from scoring 33 points? Well, you, you had some fluky points. In the, yeah. The, you the, offense, the offense you wasn't. You had the block punt. You had the it's because your offense, that, that highlights your offense sure, sucks. Yeah. Sure, yeah. but you still, you had some stuff going on the right. You, you came out of the gun shooting, right? They changed the scheme. And, of course, the Vikings changed their scheme and the halftime adjustments. We all know what happens there. But still, they, they, they just look bad. I mean, they looked horrible in that second half. And, you know, it just makes you scratch your head. I mean, I, you know, go back to kind of look at those, those halftime odds. I looked at the uh, Colts. They were team points with seven. I'm like, eh, you know, and I, I see Minnesota coming back a little bit. I see the Colts putting up another seven. They kind of made 33 look good. Again, fluky points or not, they still had some action going. They just came out flat. I think Vikings, because uh, I, like you, kept looking at those Vikings plus yeah. 15 and a half, plus yeah. 25 and a half. I didn't, my producer told me this, at halftime, the Vikings money line was plus 3,500. Could you imagine? It was you, higher than that. You saw one higher I had than a buddy that? get it at 70 to one. Oh so my seven, gosh. Plus 7,000, 70 to one odds. Well, I remember, you, didn't you have a bet that no touchdowns would be scored in the Colts uh, Broncos game. Colts Broncos and I hit it. Yeah, yeah. I put five bucks on it, one five hundred. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish you would have gotten on the Vikings money line at the seventy to one there. That would have been nice. I do too, Chris. I, I did everything but. I, but you know, again, hey, that's that's again the fun part about uh, 
legalized wagering, right? You can kind of follow along. You can make a bad game good. And you can talk about it on the radio. And you can talk about it right now, which is what we're doing. It's uh, Again, we're live at the legendary Slippery Noodle, our Larceny Bourbon Locks, and Luna's Will Tequila Shots. Week 16 is coming up at the top of the hour. Our betting analyst, Brent Halverson from Fox 59, Chris Hagan. Quick shout-out to Christian from the Brown County Music Center, who is here as well. That is our guy. This is our Urban One Christmas party as well, which is fantastic. My invite is out for you. I just want to make sure you use caution. We talked to Channel 13 WTHR staff meteorologist Sean Ash a little bit earlier, and he says in the neighborhood between 5 and 6 is when the hammer is really going to fall weather-wise around here, and things are going to become treacherous. So I want you to be careful to use caution, but certainly we would love to see you around here. All right, quick break, and we're going to come back. I did want to bring this up for both Chris and Brent. Jeff Saturday was brought in at one of the most inopportune times where it was clear that Jim Irsay, the owner, would love to have him be the head coach of the future, where it's clear that Jeff Saturday wants to be the head coach of the future. But I would suggest right now there is no way he can be the head coach of the future. And what he has gone through is exactly what you would have gone through, Chris. Brent, you would have gone through. I would have gone through. Vince Lombardi would have gone through because this team has been that bad. You set him up for fail when you actually did want him. We'll talk about that coming up on the other side. If you guys want to chime in at 239-1070, you can. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, everybody's watching in there. Appreciate you. Happy holidays. Use caution. Be careful with the incoming weather here in the state of Indiana and certainly central Indiana. We will keep you entertained. Week 16 picks, top of the hour. Dustin DePurak about the Pacers, bottom of the hour. Mike Chappell, 5 o'clock hour. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with you next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. My vision is to take this team as the first franchise to the Saturn Football League and play against eight-foot gargoyles that run 3-8 speed. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Welcome back. Hey, did you have this album back in high school? Of course. A very special Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was the most popular song on it? Was it the U2, This Is Christmas, or was it Christmas and Hollis? Oh, this one. At least among my uh, friend circle. You do know that the greatest Christmas uh, movie of all time is Die Hard, and (laughs) this was in Die Hard. So what that did was solidify the greatest Christmas movie of all time with one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time by Run DMC. And uh, Hart, what was his name? Hart Bochner? Hart Bochner, baby. Yeah, that was Ellis. He's the greatest. Harry like, Ellis. He, he is great at being a, a D-bag in movies. He is. He he's, was a great he's, D-bag he's breaking with, away. I don't remember the guy's, the actor's name, and I should remember. The guy who played the uh, principal in in um, The Breakfast Club. Yeah, because he was in it, too. He, yeah, he plays yeah. a great jerk and everything. Yeah, so you had yeah, them both yeah. in yeah. one movie. Yeah. Uh, he, in Trading Places, you remember that? He's on the phone, and the old yep. lady's standing, and he goes, he just drops the F-bomb. Like off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I expect penetration at 24 hours. Blank off. <laughs> I'm mad at myself for forgetting that guy's name. Yeah. Well, we, got, we got some picks. We got some winners. We got some locks. We do. So here's what we got. Cappy's in here, too, the legendary Slippery Noodle. Hey, Cappy, give everybody the uh, heads up on the noodle here later on tonight and tomorrow, brother. Tell no, us. I'll tell you what. Um, you know, there, no snow or ice is ever going to stop the noodle from what we're doing. There's no doubt about so, it. So let's just get in here, have a good time, um, maybe have a couple libations. Yes. And you know what? We're going to make millions this weekend on all these picks. I like oh. how you're thinking. <laughs> I, like I will never thinking. see you guys ever again. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just what's going to happen. So. We just got to hit the 16-team parlay here. Yeah. <laughs> you're closing at 7 tonight, correct? Seven that's, that's smart. I mean, hey, yeah. we, we all know the weather. Oh, you yeah, never know yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah. But, again, I mean, you guys are doing it out for the safety for the, the staff, the, the correct, all the correct. patrons coming out. Well, I mean, it's it, a tough decision know, to make. It, it's the, uh, what, what it, the cyclone or bomb yeah. shelter or something. Bomb or cyclone, yeah, I believe, bomb is what we're calling it, too. So, you know, um, it, for the safety of everybody, yes, I think it's a good call. Um, is it going to happen? Probably not. Never but, know. It. You know, be, they're scaring everybody right now. But so. we want to play on the, on the side of caution, right? We, so need, everybody, knows coming, yeah, so. we need everybody to hear the Hagen impression of Clarence Beeks here. You got it? <laughs> Trading Place is a good Christmas. Hey, that's a Christmas movie, too. No more GD yeah. jerky beef. Jerky no more. beef. Yes. 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 <laughs> that is so. You, too, Winthorpe. Paul, great movie. The great late, movie. great... Paul Gleason, who, by the way, was not only good in a supporting role in Die Hard, a good in a supporting role in Breakfast Club, but he had a couple, I think maybe, maybe it was just one, Seinfeld. Remember, he was in the Yankees yeah. organization <laughs> when George did the opposite. He, he, was, the, yeah. he was the head coach uh, in Johnny B. Good. Where yes, Anthony Mike he was <laughs> the head coach in Johnny B. Good right I, I, there. There's some lines I can quote, but not on air of that one. All right, you guys ready? Oh, yeah, Week 16. Yeah. We go real quick. Last okay. week, let's recap okay. our, our hold, last hold week second, picks. Hold on a second, hold off. Last week picks. Uh, I went nine, six, and one. Nine and six and one. You, John, you went six, nine and one. Great. Tommy Sutton, seven, eight and one. So, on the year, fifty-four percent, forty-eight percent. I have we've proof. Got some winners tonight. I went ten, five and one last week. Look I at that. Verifiable proof. Uh, that's I like verifiable proof. So let's let's go right. ahead and do it. Let's All see right. if we can get it going here. Our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Ill Tequila Shots, week sixteen. Kyle, cue the band. Let's go. It all starts tonight in the Meadowlands. The Jets hosting the Jaguars with the Jaguars win that finally sings a lullaby to the Colts playoff season, which it's already gone. They're already asleep, but come on. This will mathematically do it tonight. The Jaguars are road dogs, two and a half point road dogs. I'm going to circle that. I'm going to take Jacksonville, Brent Halverson, for the outright win and take that two and a half for you tonight. What do you got? You know, I love Jacksonville. Uh, before this weather came in, this weather is going to really change this game, but I still like Jacksonville, right? I don't like the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson, he's not good. I don't think their run game is going to have what it takes to stand up tonight. I think Travis Etienne is going to be the man. He's going to be the one. Uh, I think it's a low-scoring game. Again, total set at 37. I think it's probably in the more like 23 if it even gets there. Jacksonville plus two and a half. As always, by the hook, Jacksonville plus three. Hang it. The Jaguars as a franchise are 0 for life in games under the freezing mark. Go ahead and give me the Jets. I'll lay the two and a half. They'll win outright. Tell us all about it, Cappy. 
right. So I, I, I just woke up from this one. I'm ready. Jacksonville <laughs> right now, 17 to 10. I like over it. the Jets. I like it. There we go. Bears at home coming up on Sunday. Check that Saturday at 1 o'clock. My bad there. Eight-point underdogs at home versus the Bills. Hey, give me that sweet eight points right there. Give me the Bears at home coming up on Saturday, Brent Halverson. Tale of two different teams right here. You have a 3-11 Chicago Bear team and an 11-3 Buffalo Bill team. One's completely eliminated. I'll let you do the math on who that is, John. The Bears are not playing for anything. It's going to be horrible weather up there. Josh Allen has not looked good in the last couple of weeks, actually the last month and a half. However, they're still playing to lock in that first seed. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Lay the big number of eight. I'll take the Bills on the road to demolish the Bears. Hello, Hagan. When I was four years old, my grandpa taught me one thing, and that thing is always take a home team getting more than a touchdown. I'll take the Bears plus eight. What do you got, Cappy? The Bears. <laughs> Browns at home coming up at 1 o'clock, right? I don't even think about this matchup, right? Two and a half points. They're the favorites at home over New Orleans. I'm going to go ahead and lay that. I'm going to take the two and a half and take the Browns at home coming up on Saturday. Brent, go ahead. Deshaun Watson coming in his third game. He did look better than the last week and did his first game, of course. Then New Orleans, they've been scrappy all year. They're five and nine against the spread and straight up. Cleveland, though, I like Cleveland in this spot. Underneath the field goal, give me the Brownies at home. Lay the two and a half. All all three of these first games outside, cold weather. I love Nick Chubb. I'm going to ride that horse all the way to a fantasy football victory. Give me the Browns. Cappy. Uh Uh-oh. All right, here we go. You you ready? Yes. Yes. Do it. All right. Nolens over the skid marks. We got him. Let me lay these three points. I'm going money line, baby. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Let me lay these three points. I'm going to go ahead and believe for this moment in Malik Willis. Starting for Ryan Tannehill for Tennessee. I'm going to lay the three. Give me the Titans to bounce back with Willis at home against the Texans. Brent Halverson. What you know, got? Hagan and I were talking. We're, you know, I, I really usually have that one game that stands out at me, and, and I just don't this week. But this is that one that does kind of to the top point. Even with Malik Willis. You got a seven and seven Tennessee squad against a one twelve and one Houston Texan squad. I like Tennessee here, even with Malik Willis. I'll lay the three. Tennessee Titans, Larceny Lock of the Week. What you talking about, Willis? Hello. <laughs> yeah, too much on the line. The Texans find a way to be competitive and not win every week except for twice. I'll take the Titans. I think they actually win by double digits. Talk it up, Cappy. Titans in the slide. In the slide. I'm going. 14 Titans. Let's go. Larceny bourbon locks. Luna's about to kill the shots. Weather's going to be wreaking havoc on Kansas City, too, I guess. A little bit. It's going to be wreaking havoc pretty much on a lot of lot of games this weekend. All right. I'm going to take this big fat 10 points that Seattle is getting on the road as the underdog. Give me the Seahawks on the road in KC, Brent Halverson. Makes no sense, I guess. You know, I, I know it. I don't make a lot of sense here. I, I tell you what, John, you're on to something here. You've got a 7-7 seven and seven Seahawks team against 11-3 and three Kansas City team. Kansas City always finds a way to win the game, but that's what they do. They find a way to win the game. They don't cover games. They're sitting at 4-9-1 against the spread on the year. 
You're going to give me 10 points in these Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to take it. Give me Seattle on the road plus 10. Hagan. I've taken nothing but home teams thus far. Let's mix that up. Let's go with Seattle. They're on the road. It's Christmas Eve. They'll have no distractions. It's a business trip. They're getting 10 points. I'll take those 10 points. That's Cappy right there. I got to go with KC on this one. Makes a lot of sense. How about the Vikings with that greatest comeback in the history of the NFL? At the hands of the Colts on Saturday. Four-point favorites at home against the Giants. I think maybe that's going to right the ship for this Vikings team a little bit. Lay the four. Give me the Vikings at home, Brent Halverson. Yeah, you know, the, this New York team, they're kind of like a, a Jekyll and Hyde. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. It really depends on Saquon Barkley. And, and if Barkley has a big game, which... Minnesota's defense is not good. They're not going to stay along deep into the playoffs, but they find a way to win. Kirk Cousins coming back from that, the, the, the best comeback in the history of the NFL last week. What a game to watch. What a game to live bet Chris Hagan, right? Take all those points. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Minnesota as well. I'll lay the four. Give me the Vikings. He's Chris Hagan. The Minnesota Vikings, they play a lot of close games. They win a lot of close games. I think that'll be the case. I wish this were three, but I'll, with a little hesitation, I'll go ahead and lay the four. Hola, Cappy. All right. I'm going horns by seven. Come on. Skull. That skull thing gets tired. That horn gets tired. I, I, I understand. I do. I do. Uh, That's not like I skull have, the tobacco, right? No, it's no, skull, no. Yeah. And it's not like the. A little uh, pinch between my chicken <laughs> guns. It's not like the score candy bar either, which is delicious. <laughs> oh, 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 you really? like the score you candy like bar? You like the toffee? Oh, I'm yeah, going to tell you what. It'll break a tooth off if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. of it. The score candy bar is like one of the worst all time, though. You gotta, Seriously. you gotta, you know what? Once every six months, enjoy yourself a score bar. Is it like Long John Silver's? <laughs> it is, yeah. Ooh, gotta love some Long John Silver's. Larceny <laughs> Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul, Tequila Shots. Cappy, did you make this call yet? You better do it. You ready? Yes. This is uh, put it in your pipe and smoke it right here. You I've ready? never done that. Uh, n- me neither, <laughs> at all. The Bengals <laughs> in a route. Let's go. Come on. Love it. So that we're moving on to the Bengals. I'm sorry about that, Cappy. We're moving on to the Bengals game. I'm taking the Bengals. I'm laying, what is it, three and a half, three? It's even right three. Here. It's an even three. Even three right there. Lay the three, take the Bengals on the road in Foxborough for a beaten and scarred Patriots team, Brent Halverson. Yeah, I agree. You know, again, Belichick, it's always tough to go against him. He's going to scheme the game well. But the Cincinnati Bengals have the best against the spread record in the NFL, 11 and three. Their straight-up record is just just a tad off. They're ten and four. That New England team doesn't excite me. Mac Jones just doesn't do it for me. I don't think they have any of the pieces. They somehow find a find a way to get it done. They're still around at seven to seven. I don't think it's going to happen. Bengals by over a touchdown. Give me the Bengals on the road. Hello, Megan. I have to disagree. Some teams would crumble after losing, like the Patriots did last week to the Raiders. I think it'll be the opposite. I think they will rally. I think they're at home. I think it's going to be an outright win for the Patriots. Real quick, speaking of that, what in the, come on, man, what was that (laughs) past Jacoby Myers? Luckily, I was at a a bar where I could watch all the games at once, so I saw that happen live. I I got to enjoy the greatness of that, and as soon as he threw it, it was hanging in the air for so long, I was thinking, like, where's it going? Then I saw the guy, I was like, oh, and the whole place erupted. Do you think that was scripted in the NFLs when they wrote the game? Exactly. (laughs) It was like a WWE heel turn. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, week number 16, the legendary Slippery Noodle on this Thursday. I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. It's a private school. Not since Eminem's great comeback in 8 Mile. (laughs) Have we seen... Anything out of Detroit come from behind in the fashion in which the Lions are doing right now. Two and a half point favorites on the road at Carolina. 
Carolina's got no chance. Brent Olverson versus the fighting Dan Campbells. Lay the two and a half. Give me the Lions, sir. Man, I will tell you, I might be the biggest cheering Carolina Panther fan come Sunday just because I need, I need the Lions to lose. But I can't bet against them, man. They look good right now. Yeah. They're 10-4 and four against the spread. They're the second-best ATS record in the NFL. The Detroit Lions, man, they've got it going on. they got a little streak happening. I'm not betting against it. I'm going to go ahead and lay the two and a half. Give me Detroit on the road. That's a savvy betting man you got right there when you're betting against your favorite team right there. Yeah. I mean, a- after you're a, a good fortune. A one and six start to the yes. season. Yeah. Who would have thought the Lions would be a road yeah. favorite? But I'll tell you what, man, I like Coach Campbell, man. He says, man, after every sentence, man, I'm going to lay those two and a half, man. Did you hear what he said about says, betting man. on games? Well, we can't yeah. do that. I get kicked hey, out of here right away. Hey, man. It's, like, it's, it's very much like wrestling, right? Yeah. I'll tell you something, brother. I've been hanging and banging. I'll tell you what, man. Week, We're going to lay those two and a half, man. We're going to win by ten, man. <laughs> what do you got, Cap A? I'm walking that lion all the way home, baby. Give me, uh, give me oh. uh, Detroit by 10. I think we've got a bit of a sports arousal on the Detroit oh, Lions hey. right here if we're not kidding. <laughs> we have had for a few years, too, John. Yeah, no doubt about it. Even when they sucked, they yeah, covered. They so still covered, right? good. All right, Larson, Bourbon Locks, Luna's with tequila shots. Baltimore at home versus Atlanta. I, yeah, I don't dig anything about this, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the seven. I'm going to take the Ravens at home just because. Brent. You know, this is an ugly game. I mean, Desmond Ritter came out last night. You know, Atlanta just doesn't have any of the, of the weapons, but Baltimore's kind of struggling. They're sitting at 9-5, which is, which is huge for them. I'm going to join you here. I don't like this number. Seven's a big number, but I'm going to go ahead and take Baltimore as well. Chris. I think Baltimore wins, but as crappy as Atlanta is, there's still a, a game out of first place in the NFC South, so they're still playing for something. I think Baltimore wins, but I think the Falcons cover. Cappy. Wow. We got two birds that are fighting right here, but I'm gonna have to go ahead and take the uh, the Raven. Um, they don't cover. They win by three, so I'd have to go ahead and go with uh, Atlanta. I love the fact that the 49ers just say, "Hey, problems," and just knock it off their shoulder and move on. That's what makes Kyle Shanahan the best coach in the NFL right now. One of the reasons why they just sustain, I guess John Lynch is one of the best general managers too. They just survive anything. Seven point favorites at home against the commanders of Washington. You know, this is easy for me right here. They're going to catch their stride. They're going to be one of the teams we're going to watch coming up in the NFC in the postseason. If anybody's going to challenge those Eagles, it will be the 49ers. Lay the seven, Brent. Give me the Niners at home. What do you got? i tell you what, you're right. Shanahan, he, he is a great coach. But that defense, right, they're pretty good. You get what oh, good. you stole my pun. That defense is pretty good. And Josh Purdy looks really good, too. I'm going to go ahead and lay this seven. It's a big number against a Washington Redskins team, that, or excuse me, commander team that uh, is, they, they have still a lot going on. They're seven, six, and one. I'm going to go ahead and lay the seven, though. Give me the uh, 49ers at home. Get the cover. Pun is here, Hagan. Washington holding the last spot in the NFC playoffs. They got a tall task to keep it. I don't know that they'll win, but I think they'll keep it within seven. I'll take Washington. D'Amico Ryans, what do you think about that opportunity as a head coach? Defensive coordinator, head yeah. coach. Here? here? Is he coming here? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Thinking out loud. There's a reason he's thinking that out loud. There, there is a reason. Yeah. There, well, there's Cappy, a reason. talk to me. All right. I got to go with the Neeners right here. And why would you ever name your team the Commanders? <laughs> <laughs> 
All out of names, I think. It's like nicknames. I know. There's like, no good yeah. nicknames out it's there like anymore. That, that tattoo you got on your lower back. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't what get one of those. Did you? John has a better I don't have one. Yeah, well, yeah. I think oh, that's that, called that was a, his college days. I think that's <laughs> called the tramp stamp. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Philly and Dallas, we know this. Gardner Minshew is going to get the start for who is right now the league MVP being Jalen Hurts. They're going to hope to rest him the entirety of the game. This is a big game, by the way, too. Huge opportunity for the Cowboys, who right now, they have played well, but they're going to have to come out fighting considering what the Eagles are doing in the NFC East. Lay the six, take the Cowboys against Gardner Menchu as the starter and the Eagles coming up this weekend. Brent? Don't count the stash out. The stash got, you got in a little bit last year. I'm going to go ahead and take the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 13-1. Granted, Jalen Hurts is a big reason of that. But you know what? The, the, both these teams always play each other really, really close. I see I see Dallas winning by three. I'm going to get six points. Give me the Eagles in a spot that they shouldn't win at all. I'm going to get them to cover. Eagles. He's Chris Hagan. A lot of emotion in this one for me. Unapologetic Mississippi State homer. Dak Prescott for the Cowboys, but Gardner Minshew, let's give him some credit. Mike Leach passed away. Gardner Minshew, a game week he's starting. He went to Starkville on Tuesday, spoke at the Memorial, dropped an F-bomb at the Memorial. Yeah. I hope the, the mustache has a great game as well. I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll cover. Bro. I like it. I Cappy like it. owns the noodle. Cappy. Oh, goodness gracious. I have to go with the, uh, the cowgirls here. Um, <laughs> Jerry's going to have to – he's going to shine a lot of shoes, but I think they're going to get the cover on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking like 10. I love this. I think Vegas is going to bounce back. I think Vegas – actually, Vegas they doesn't won. need to bounce back. But I think Vegas is going to bounce back down the stretch of the season and make this thing really interesting. I kind of like the way they're playing right now. I don't mind it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the two and a half on the road in Pittsburgh. Give me the fighting McDaniels and Vegas coming up. If you're going to tell me you're going to get a wide receiver that throws a interception to a guy to walk off and win the game with no time left. Yeah, they kind of they, they I, had I, him walk into that. Kind of like rounders. I just you had don't Teddy KGB kind of walk on, into Come on, man. It. What were you doing, bro? Now, they, granted, just, they flopped the nut straight I was the Patriots. On the, I was on the right, so, right side of it last week. I had the Raiders, yeah. and I loved it because I covered it. I got the win. But what in the heck was that? I have no idea. I'll tell you what. Both these teams sitting at six and eight. Both teams are basically seven and six against the spread. It's going to be a pretty even game. I'm going to take the home the home favorite here. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers to get the win by three. He's Chris Hagan. Mike Tomlin, a Steelers team at home in primetime. The emotion of Franco Harris, who was supposed to be Bingo. there and be honored. The immaculate reception. It's a lot. I don't think bit. you overcome that, Vegas. I like the Steelers to win by at least a touchdown. What do you think, Cappy? I'm going with LV right here. You know, I, I love Tomlin, great guy. You know, he can only drink so much Patron. But on top of that, guess what? LV goes home with the victory. All right, we're talking about a Sunday game right here. Miami at home where the temperature is going to be around 39 degrees. 39 degrees. That's Packer Miami. football weather, That's John. absurd right there. Lay the four. Give me the Dolphins over the Packers, by the way, on Sunday. Brett. Tell you what, man, I really, really hope the Packers can go in there and get a win. But they're still not that good, right? And, and Miami, they, Miami's got a lot of ground to make up. They've kind of fallen to the wayside the last couple of games. Miami's sitting at 8-6, Packers at 6-8. and eight. It's going to be a tough game, but I like the weather for the Packers down there. you got Aaron Rodgers back there. He is a fighting machine. He's going to come back, hopefully, and, and, and fight it through. I'm going to do a little reverse psychology here, gentlemen. Give me Miami, lay the four. He's Whoa. trying to he's, give me Miami and lay the four. He's going to hedge his happiness. 
Uh, you know what? I wish I would probably wait till Sunday morning to bet this game because I think how things go down Saturday will oh, affect true. the mindset of Green Bay. Absolutely. If, as we're sitting here, though, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, when this guy needs it, he's got an extra gear. He can make clowns like us look like good receivers. I'll take the Packers plus the four. Ooh, I like Caps. that. Caps. Oh, wow. This is going to be a big one. This is coming from the general manager of the Slipper Noodle Inn, Schmitty. He runs the crew. He runs the whole place. He loves Miami laying four. Let's get dirty on it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 4.30 Sunday, Denver and the Rams. Nobody really gives a fat crap about this, but I am going to lay two and a half, take Denver on the road against the Rams in the nobody really cares type of game. Brett. Two teams that are playing for absolutely nothing other than a higher draft pick, right? I mean, there is nothing to be had here. Uh, both teams are uh, eliminated from the playoffs. Both teams are at 4-10. I would rather watch paint dry. But you know what? You're going to put a line in the game. I have a chance to bet on it and win some money. I'm going to do that. Denver looked good last week. Uh, the Rams look horrible. Uh, just, they, they don't have anybody left. They're just completely done. I, as much as I uh, don't, wouldn't like to do anything, give me the, give me the uh, Denver Broncos, lay the two and a half. He's Chris Hagan. This game's at the perfect time because the one o'clock game is after you've opened your presents, you're excited, you're still awake. Then you maybe have something to eat. You take a nap and nap you time. sleep right through this game. Uh, but if you do go take a nap before you do, before you doze off, drop some coin on the Broncos minus the points. Happy. This is one where you sit. On the toilet in the wrong direction. <laughs> so you have to face the wall. Okay. Take a couple deep breaths, maybe maybe a drink or two, you know. Then you look at the toilet paper, like, is there enough there or not or whatever? I don't but, even know where to put this thing. Where are we going? All right, here we go. We're going the Broncos laying two and a hooker. The Sunday night. Let's go. Sunday night game. I hate this, but I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Lay the seven and a half. Take the Buccaneers, the disappointing Buccaneers on the road in Arizona, Brent. You know the Buccaneers have the worst Against the spread record I, in the I NFL. I can imagine it because they've they been bad. They are three ten and one yes. against the spread. They're six and eight. They're still in commanding lead. We talked earlier. How's a team that's going to have a losing record get in the playoffs? Well, this is probably right here. How and why? They're playing a uh, Arizona Cardinal team that is uh, eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, we all know, and uh, it's, it, I think it's going to be a struggle. Seven and a half is a bundle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. I really hate to do this again. Always buy the half point. Give me the Bucks by the half point. Tampa on the road. Hey. You know, Vegas was built on suckers that bet the uh, favorite in primetime games and also that bet on Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady. You know my rule about touchdown plus home dogs. And plus, I've been watching these guys on a Hard Knocks end season, which, by the way, the two teams they featured on that program have been absolute garbage and missed the playoffs. And with that being said, I'll take the Cardinals plus seven and a Who's half. Who's your quarterback this week? Is it Colt McCoy? No, Colt McCoy is not their quarterback. It is um, Jim Hart. No. God, what's his name? Kelly Stover? No, no, not there. I'll, I'll come back after Cap's pick here. I'll go. <laughs> but it's it's not Colt McCoy, and of course a player it's not a player Murray. to be named later. It, I'll still it kind take of him. is. He's not. Cap, go. All right. Have you guys ever hiked out in Arizona? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, those scorpions, man. They're uh, they're, they're they're amazing. They're they're fun to play with. Uh, you got to be careful. But I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna throw Arizona out there. Money line plus 300. Hey, all right. Come get you some. Come on. Got the doggy bone right here. Let's go. That's uh, Cappy's pick. All right, the final one Monday night. We'll talk this up, too. 
Colts and the Chargers. You know, Nick Foles is going to be the starter for the Colts coming up in this week 16 Monday night of the Chargers. Four and a half points. Favorites on the road. Lay the four and a half and give me the Chargers. I have zero belief in the Colts and anything Brett Halverson they do. Real quick, go back to uh, the, yes. the game prior Cardinals here. Cardinals Trace McSorley will be your quarterback. Yes, here why not? Cardinals. Never Trace bet against McSorley. Trace McSorley. I'm what not are you sure. Well, you're going to be McSorley <laughs> after they lose. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, all right, hey, move forward. Back to the uh, big game here. you on your lower back. The, yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> little little T. M back there. All right. Give me the uh, I'll take the Chargers here. I mean, again, we all about, know about the Colts. They have a chance. Chargers look good the last couple weeks here, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers. Lay the four and a half by the half point. Of course, four is a key number in the NFL. Also, the last week for it, but the Lunasol Tequila shot of the week. If you need somebody, Zach Moss is taking over that starting role. Get on Zach Moss. Pick him up. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Whoa. Chargers with a ton of weapons, a ton to play for. I know the Colts have been playing on the national stage for like four weeks in a row now. They've not been, They've been impressive really fun. in that yeah. role. I think it continues. I think the Chargers steamroll them. 21 to 10. Lay the points. Cappy. <laughs> You guys are really hard to fight on, on this one. I'm going to have to go. I'm, Chargers, come on. Uh, l- lay the bolt, you know, I, after I, we get all this snow and ice and ice cream and whatever we're doing tonight. <laughs> so, yeah. Let, let, I'm going to be go. sitting backwards on the toilet tonight. <laughs> I'm going to go back to that. Have I'm you ever, ever thought about that? Have no, you, I just kind of want to know, do you have to make adjustments? I on did that at IU, by the way. <laughs> but won't. It depends on if you – yeah, I mean – well, it, well, it's easy because it, it's not on the left; it's on the right now. Yeah. When you have to flush, <laughs> do you well, use the back that. to lay your head on? Then when you're doing that, oh, is yeah. that kind well, of yeah. old, little you know, I, I probably slept there for a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, I yeah. just. Well, I mean, what you what you're doing goes in the wrong spot though, and maybe leaves a mark. <laughs> Jeez, that could be interesting, right? I'm just thinking. Yeah, well, you're loud. thinking right. Yeah. All right, hey, JMV, like you've never left a mark. I've just wondered. <laughs> I have yeah. just wondered right there. Large city bourbon locks. Luna's will to the shots. Week number 16. Fellas, outstanding time. Hagan's going to leave. I'm going to right bounce. Why my, you, my, lock, my lock, by the way, my lock, by the way, was the Browns. I don't know if I identified that. Yeah, I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to go ahead and lock up the Browns for you right there, too. My lock was going to be, this is kind of weird, my lock is going to be Tennessee with Malik Willis at Yeah, home. you're with me on that. Yeah, that was my lock right there at home. I'm going to parlay those two then. Make $100. There you go. Why don't you just do that? All right, what you got coming up on 59 this weekend? Uh, we'll still have our Blue Zone pregame yep. show on Sunday. You know, every week I do my goofy thing where I talk to the players. We did it back in training camp. I ask them about the best Christmas gifts they ever received and the best one they ever gave. Some pretty uh, funny and also some thoughtful answers. What's the best Christmas gift you ever got? Um, a Yamaha motorcycle when I was in. Uh, That's outstanding. I know. Right I was in eighth yeah. grade. Little dirt bike. Went riding on the trails. What about you, Brent? I, it's kind of along the same lines. I got a go-kart back when I was, like, in seventh grade. Man, it was awesome. What about you, Caps? I got a skateboard. (laughs) I got the Death Star. I had three wheels. (laughs) (laughs) The Star Wars Death Star was such a badass toy. Oh, my God. What a badass toy that was. Yeah. The trash compactor on the bottom level. You've got all these guys that can't shoot on the mid-level, and then you get the big gun on the top level. And a little elevator going up, too. That's big money, man. That's awesome, dude. When I got uh, in fifth grade, I got the... uh, the Space Invaders for the Atari. Oh, I love that. And Santa Claus brought it to me, or so I thought. 
And my stepbrother, who was a year older than me, first Christmas for my stepbrother, yeah. I'm so excited that Santa brought me the Space Invaders. And my stepbrother turns to my dad and goes, Space Invaders, where'd you find that, John? And I was like, what do you mean? This yeah, Santa, Santa found him, man. So, yeah, let's, let's just say it wasn't a very happy Christmas after that. How about the Nerf Flying Aces? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The aircraft carrier. Yeah. Remember with the rubber bands? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bag them. Yeah. Those yeah. things were badass back yeah. in the day right there. I'll tell you what. The one thing, I'll give a quick gift here that really yeah. kind of changed my life. One of the greatest gift ever. Yeah. But now looking back, it kind of was my sister back in 1986. Gave me a Grateful Dead in the Dark album. It was nice. the, it was the deck of cards, the the, the big deal. Yeah. And I wasn't a Grateful Dead fan at the time. And to look and now you have a touch of gray. Now I have a touch of gray. See how that comes full, full circle, circle hey, right man. there. That's you know what right. my dad did. My dad instead of giving me four or four, gave you a pack of smokes right? <laughs> when I was eleven. <laughs> and uh, a half he, a Miller Lite. No, 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 no. My dad had four or four himself, Some and then taped it on a TDK and gave me the copy. <laughs> what a crank! I mean, I, no wonder I didn't like the guy. <laughs> Gave me the copy. You know, it took some effort to make the tape, though. God sure. dang. Sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, You've me. got a dual cassette player, don't you, Dad? <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks Hall a lot, me. Frank. I, I showed you that blue rose upstairs that's oh, yeah. signed by oh, Mouse and Crowley. That's outstanding, man. <laughs> yeah, one of two. Speaking one of, of two. Speaking of upstairs, big shout-out to Hal upstairs, yes, right? Yep. Yes, and sir. that is Hal's office. Love my guy. Is the greatest oh, yeah. museum and part of the one of the greatest things yeah. about the slippery noodle here is is the history to this place. His office upstairs, yeah. unbelievable. If you ever get out, get a chance, ask for Cap. He'll show you around this place. It's outstanding. So love Cap, you guys. Thanks for having us. Happy right. holidays to everybody yes, right cheers. there. Quick break. We'll come back. Dustin Depurak covers the patience of the star. He's next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Awesome! Totally awesome! All right, Hamilton. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Did somebody say, I think we all need to do a shot? <laughs> what? I think that sounds great, too. By the way, I'm going to move Dustin DePurek to the 5 o'clock hour with Mike Chappell because we got to get some folks uh, in and out of here right now. Again, we're live with the Slippery Noodle here on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan a little bit earlier, Sean Ash, Channel 13, staff meteorologist about the incoming weather, which is bad. Uh, you guys all be careful tonight and this weekend. And a shout-out to our first responders a shout-out to those that are going to be working the roads at NDOT uh, around the state of Indiana tonight. We're thinking about you. Be careful out there as well. Uh, we also talked a little bit earlier. I mentioned to Sean Ash. Um, we had Chris Hagan in here as well. Uh, we're going to do uh, Mike Chapel, and we're going to do D D Dustin DePurek coming up in the 6 o'clock. Check that. 5 o'clock hour. I'm going to bail here at 6 but uh, joining us now, Brent Halverson is with us again. And uh, my man Christian from the Brown County Music Center. Thank you very much, Christian, for bringing the – I want to show this to people if you're Look watching online via YouTube Live. I'm a big Mickey Thomas fan. Mickey Thomas and Starship played at the Brown County Music Center going back to last weekend. I could not make it because I wasn't feeling it, unfortunately, for my old ass this last Saturday night. It was a great show. Thank you for that. And thank you for doing what you do down at the Brown County Music Center. Well, thank you, John. And, I, you know, first of all, thank you for everything you do for the Brown County Music Center. Love it. And honestly, thank you for everything you do for the county, the nation, the 
state of Indiana. I love us. I love us all. Yeah. I mean, just, just love it, man. We're, we're very excited what we're doing at the Brown County Music Center, and thank you for everything you're doing for us. What do you, got, what do you got coming up here? So we do have a New Year's Eve event. I don't want to take anything away from the Understand. Raw and yeah. all those, but we got the Thunderstruck ACDC. Oh, yeah. 2023. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 2023, we got Rick Springfield, Jason yep. Isabel, Weird Al, Josh Turner, Chicago. We, got, we, we, have, we have a lot of things going on. Yeah, now, and, and this is, I want to say relatively new, the Brown County Music Center. Is that accurate? So we opened in 19, and then the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. and we got shuttered. And then we've opened, and now we're back doing it, man. So we're, so we are the newbies. We are the newbies on the block, but we are rocking and rolling. I'll tell you what, I mean, if, and if you haven't been down there, yes. I mean, it honestly is probably my greatest favorite venue that's opened up and there's not a bad seat in a place 109 feet from the back of the uh, venue to the yep. stage yeah. i mean you can't beat it you hold 2,000 people yeah. right i mean it's amazing the sound is is tremendous um the location i mean brown county is beautiful it's number one uh, little fact for you number one uh, tourist traveling spot in the state yes, of indiana there's no doubt is in nashville indiana so well, i mean it makes a great you, you can couple that a show like rick springfield in january couple that with an overnight stay hanging Absolutely. out great food great time christian you know, it's a big thing, right? Like, we are a part of whether we're the tail or the dog, whoever wags it. We want to bring people down. Yeah. We have a golf course right there. We yeah. have great restaurants. We have great food. We have great things to do. And then you got the music center there. So come on down, stay, hang out. We do a lot of amazing things there. I'll tell you a little something, too. A little, little uh, teaser for, for everybody out there listening. We're going to work on a little something. And it's going to be called JMV Sucks. I love it. But I my love concert it doesn't. You have right? me at Jamie sucks. But my concert doesn't. So stay tuned. Some good stuff to come in the uh, 2023. Any era. ideas here? Any ideas for the music acts? Because in the past we've done a Jamie sucks show with Limp Biscuit. We did one with White Snake. So I'm just curious. What's what's bouncing around in your noggin right there, Christian? Oh, a lot of things are bouncing <laughs> around in your noggin. It's endless. It's all about. Talking with you, talking yep. without our partners, with Evan Williams and you, and, yep. you know, the fan, and trying to figure out the right, the right fit. We're about the right fit, and we'll, we will find it, and when we do, we'll let you all know. So let me tell you this. I went back in May to see Gordon Lightfoot, who I think is like 170 years old, but it was <laughs> awesome. Absolutely awesome. Still awesome to date and has such a great catalog of songs. Fantastic time, and that's what I love because you guys – you guys will bring in those to where you want to add to a I've never seen, but I want to resume. And it's so easy. Like I live, you know, Bargersville, south side of Indianapolis. 30 minutes if I go through the back roads to get down there. It's easy to get into. As Brent mentioned, a great venue. And you guys pull some really strong musical acts. Look, we're a 95% national touring act. We're getting great shows. Jason Isabel, yep. 400 unit. Weird Al, Josh Turner, Chicago yep. is coming. We're all about bringing new things to the south side and being the premier destination. And we're just excited about it, man. We're just excited about having people with us. I can tell you this, and I was down there uh, last February to see Bob Weir. Yes. Uh, Bob Weir. And, and Bob Weir came out and, and, and instead on their Facebook page, whatever, but uh, tweeted out that it was one of his favorite venues that they played at, that, that they've never played at before. To, if you got a quick second, how do, how do you come about talking to a Bob Weir, the agent, to get them in here? I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. That's big. That's huge. 
we're always working to find new artists, new venues, new demo. The way our venue is laid out is get them in, they're in a secure area, they're looking at a farm, right? They're looking at a national yeah. park of the Indiana State Parks. They come in, everything is easy. It's just, it's just a wonderful venue, man. It's Brown County. Yes. I, I just hate to say it. it's Brown County. And it's so wonderful. All right. Well, keep me updated on the JMV sucks, but this show doesn't because I, I love that idea down there. I'm, I do. And I love that idea to have a, a weekend down there. Absolutely. I, I'm, ready, I'm ready for some panic. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> panic. I like the idea. Yeah. I like the idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things bouncing in my head right here. There really are. I mean, something I mean, from no, the 80s. no. So. Paul Abdul for you, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and I, I just yeah, I tell you what, Christian, it's up to you. You give me some of these ideas, we'll bounce them off and see what we come up with. Absolutely, I would love it. Thank you so much you for got having it, buddy. us, and thank you so much for everything you do. You got it, man. Us. Thank you, Christian Brown yeah. County Music Center. Thank you for the gift, the Starship gift right there, Brown County Music Center. That is down in Nashville, Indiana, an outstanding place, no doubt. We'll come back. Thank you very much, Christian. Happy holidays to you. More to come. Top of the hour, Mike Chapel, bottom, Dustin Depurek. We'll talk. Pacers and Heat coming up. We'll talk Pacers and Celtics from last night. And Nick Foles is the starter for the Colts. Mike Chappell joins us top of the hour next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Legendary Slippery Noodle, thank you for joining us. Some great time with our Urban One Christmas party. Great to see everybody here. Our large city bourbon locks, Luna's will take you the shots. Week 16 of the NFL. Dustin DePurak of the star, bottom of the hour. Pacers win last night. A great game for Tyrese Halliburton. Pacers win last night in Boston on the road tomorrow night in Miami. We'll get to Dustin coming up at the bottom of the hour. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, CBS 4 and Fox 59, he is Mike Chappell. So, Mike, is there any way you can envision next year a scenario where you have a rookie quarterback, high first-round draft selection under center for the Colts starting, and looking at Nick Foles as the backup? Could that be a reason why they're sure. doing what they're doing coming up on Monday? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't. I have a. I have trouble connecting anything going on now with next year. I, I, I mean, they want to see what Nick Foles looks like to see if he's the guy next year. I don't know, uh, but I can see that happening just because I don't think Ryan's back. Uh, I, I just. I, I, I have been a Matt Ryan supporter for a long time. I really have. And but over the last month, it's just it's just not feasible to keep going. And Foles maybe. And the thing is, you know, think about it. If Foles is back next year, it's pretty. It's really really inexpensive. I mean, I don't know what, what's he can't let next year against the cap three million four million. So right. Uh, which I tell you, let, let, let's project and let's say you you, you draft a guy fifth and. He's not ready, and then Foles is your starter. If you're if you're 
idea is that he's going to start at least half the season, you've got to address the contract. You can't have Foles being your starter for a chunk of the season making $3 million. That, and, and probably would do that. But I, I just don't think that let's see what he's got for three games to see what he's got next year. I, I you know, now, now unless, unless he goes out there and just is awful, which I don't think will be the case, then you know he's not the guy. I, I don't know what he can do other than play well and push the ball down the field for crying out loud uh, to give you the idea that he can do it next year. Uh, but again, like I said, I've, I've sort of, I have so separated the final month of the season from next year, other than like, let's get Bernard Ryman some snaps. Yeah. I think he's starting to play. I think he's starting to play pretty well. I really do. Uh, you know, right guard, we'll see. But other than that, I just don't know how, what happens now, other than you're affecting your draft positioning, how it really matters. Oh, I still think they're going to lose. But I think that uh, to me, it's, it's kind of logical to think that it's going to be a Will Levis, Nick Foles type of starter and backup in 2023. Well, if it's not Foles, it's somebody. I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to get – and at least if Foles goes out there and is, is uh, competent, is some level of, you know, moving the ball and scoring points and converting and this, that, and the other, then I think you've got something. And if not, then, then again, you've got to find – somebody else you're going to have to find you know the the sixth straight starting quarterback or whatever to, to get you to, to the let the to where the rookie's ready so uh that, that's where that's why you know it'd really be i think it will be somewhat uh soothing to the franchise if if Foles went out there and played well and and you know that that worst case worst case he can be your veteran now, it, it, I suppose it could be that even if he plays well, they may want somebody else next year. But I don't know if that's the case because, you know, whoever you get's going to be sort of Nick Foles like. It's going to be the, the the usual suspects. You know, the the veteran guy, the Marcus Mariotas and people like that. But you know, th- there will be a veteran quarterback here next year because there has to be. You, you're not going to you're not going to draft a guy fifth or sixth or whatever and say, you know, you know, throw him in the deep end of the pool. So that, that, that's, what's really curious is, is will Foles show something to where he's the guy maybe, uh, but they had, you know, back to, they had to make the move because going sticking with what they were doing was just unfair to everybody. So Mike Chapel of CBS four and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. So, like me, do you believe they feel they know exactly what needs to be known regarding Sam Ellinger at this point? Yeah, don't you think? Uh, I mean, they, if, if, if there were still question, then they would have started him. But if I'm Jeff Saturday, I mean, he he's, he is not even the least bit worried about draft picks and all that. He, he wants – these games are going on his resume, the same with – with, with Yannick Ngakwe and, and, and Quentin Nelson and, and all these veteran guys, the fourth Buckner, they, they want to win. They, they don't like for a second to be the, the, the laughing stock and, and the butt end of jokes and all that. It's, this is, again, 
it's easy for us to be critical, and, and we all are, and, you know, sometimes over the top. This is their jobs. This is, this is what they are. You know, you, you sort of enjoy people taking shots at you because that's part of that's part of the, the environment we're in and, and, and all that. I, I don't know that I would like. <laughs> I don't know if I'd like it. But these, these players don't for a second like, you know, hey, you guys gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter, the most ever, blah, blah, blah. And, then, you know, by the way, you gave up the greatest collapse in NFL history. 102 years. I mean, we're talking ever, ever. So uh, they, they they are 100% dialed into now, to Monday. And they they want to quit being the butt end of jokes. And it, it's funny, I, I, I've written a couple of times how, you know, Dallas was, was rock bottom. And then, well, now Minnesota's rock bottom. I mean, is is there something lower? Can they, can they do something worse? I, I don't know. I hope not, you know, because, again, I – I, I I know the people out there, and, and they're invested. This is their job, whether it's Reggie as a receiver's coach, whether it's Jeff Saturday, whether it's all these guys, you know, Cato June and the players. So I hope they find a way to get this thing. I can't say turned around. It's too late for that. But to where they finish to where people aren't, aren't just laughing and, and just making and poking fun at them because this is, this is their job. This is what they do. And, they take great pride at it, and generally people don't like to be made fun of. Hey, Mike, does Jim Irsay believe in Chris Ballard because he believes in Chris Ballard, the football decision maker, or he looks at, man, I'm going to be paying a lot of dudes to do nothing here if I go any yeah. further with it. What does Jim Irsay really believe? He really believes in Chris Ballard. Uh but you're right. If, if to get rid of your GM, you're already paying your head coach. What is it, thirty some million dollars? And, and, and I, I guess if I cared more, I'd look into it. But I'm guessing that if that if Frank Wright gets a job, that money is sort of offset. I think, you know, if you get, and maybe Frank doesn't coach for a year. I don't know. I mean, didn't Doug Peterson take a year off? So maybe maybe he takes the year off, and then he gets a job, and then some of that money is deferred or not deferred, but erased. But yeah, I mean, if he gets rid of Chris Ballard, not only then are you paying, you know, Chris Ballard's contract, you're paying, you know, two guys to replace him. So you're paying two coaches, a coach and a GM, not the coach and GM, and then you're paying two guys to coach and GM. So it's it's expensive, and and that's that's real money. You know, you know, we always talk about how you know Jim Irsay is, is loaded, and the, the NFL sort of makes it makes it hard to lose money, and all, because of all the TVs and all this stuff, that's real money. I but I I, I think I, I don't think any decision on Chris will be made with finances. I I think Chris is back next year. I do, uh, and I'm sure some of the fan base cringes. He, I've talked to him enough. He trusts him. He knows that he's made mistakes. Uh, but I think he trusts Chris Ballard to fix this. And we, we, you know, you can argue, we can argue, and the fans can be irate about that. But I truly believe, deep down, he believes in Chris Ballard, and he's going to give Chris Ballard a chance to fix this. I know what I think regarding Chris Ballard and his biggest mistake. 
it was basically the blueprint of this build. What do you think has been the, the biggest mistake of Ballard to where we are I, I right think, now with six years and this complete lack of success? I, I, I know where you're coming from, and, I, and I'll, I will agree to a point. I don't yeah. disagree that you need to be strong up front. Uh, you got you to be strong offensive line, defensive line. But I think you can. I think you can do that and still, and still invest in 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 skill in, in in receivers. I think I don't think it's one or the other. I think you can do both. And I think the big sort of the biggest failing, not I mean the well, the failing's been they've not gotten a quarterback or a left tackle or a pass rusher. I mean, but as far as philosophy, I think the the biggest complaint that I've had. I'm not going to say failing. I'm just going to say different the difference I have with it and you and I sort of agree on this is, is this is a passing league and you got to have guys, you've got to have not guys that you kind of like, or, you know, and, and I don't mean to disparage, but not Zach Pascal. You know, you, you need, you need guys who, who can go out there and, and be difference makers and, and be more if they again I think you can you can be strong offensive line defensive line and still go out there and get you some some good receivers better receivers I, and that's that's the biggest difference I have with it and, and and maybe maybe they'll do that but if they don't, if they don't get the quarterback I mean, what's the matter so the, the the biggest thing obviously is going to be getting the right guy in April and and then and then having the guy to, to to help nurture him, but yeah, I I know where you, I know where you're coming from, and that, that's why I say I agree with you. But I think you can, I think you can still do that. You can have that as your foundation, and then still go out and get receivers. And and, and I know it's, it's funny how that's that's always since Chris has been here, you know, it, it, it's been you know the, the media has been said where's the receivers and he says we got receivers and, and we say well but no you need better ones and he says no we got cards are good enough that's that's where it, and, and it's got to be playful at times i thought it was even playful in the jim ursay interview or uh, uh the, the jeff saturday you know in, introductory press conference it just didn't come off that way because that was such a wacky uh evening but that's the big thing i would say is is hopefully Moving forward, they'll they'll understand or not understand. They'll come to the realization that they need to hit, be better at receiver. Because I, I I think this group has been good enough. Is such a bad phrase. I thought they, I think they've overachieved this group. I think they've done more than what we anticipated. Have, although they've turned Michael Pittman into a session receiver, he's got to be. Crazy. He's gonna be going crazy with, with what they've done with his skill set. I mean, ten catches for sixty yards. Really, he he is so much better than that. But that's what this passing game has done to him. And but moving forward, I, I hope I hope they expand their their talent depth at receiver. See what you're talking about too, Mike. Is I just kind of look at it this way, and I'm not I'm not anti. Chris Ballard because I want to be a jerk about it. I'm just, at least from what I believe, living in reality of watching you know Chris Ballard work for the past six years, and the reason you bring up the frustration of Michael Pittman Jr. is the philosophy of Chris Ballard. That's the reason. 
That's the reason. I, I think you can look at him and the failure of this build, his foundational failure with this group where they are right now and find enough evidence to where you could go ahead and move on from him if you wanted to. Now, if it's monetary, then okay. But I think you can find enough evidence here to say, hey, enough is enough. We've seen enough. This is not going to work. This is not going to be a quick change here. And I, I, that's, that's kind of how I view it. It's not so much, you know, wanting to get rid of somebody. I'm not wanting to get rid of people. I'm not wanting to fire people. But at the same time, that's just the reality we live in. He's just not gotten the job done. And there doesn't look like that there is a great deal of vision further down the road where all of a sudden this thing is going to trip the right direction. Well, and again, we, we talk, you know, Zach Kiefer and Stephen Holder and Joel Erickson and all these guys, we, we sit there, Kevin Bowen, we sit there yep. uh, in a meeting room because, because again, it, it, there's, there's so little to talk about about this year because this thing has gone down the dumpster. And that's kind of what we talk about it. And I think you can make a. This is one of those really strange situations where you you can, I can make a strong argument to bring Ballard back. Now you, you I know you don't agree with that, but I, I I could you know just like like my college senior exam in debate, I, I I could argue strongly to bring him back, and I could argue strongly to not bring him back. And I, I don't know which I'd be stronger on. I, that doesn't really matter. But I think there's evidence both ways. But but your point is is, to, is totally on point. Is is but he's had X number of years to do this, and here's where we are. And that and you're 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 right. I sort of I sort of, and maybe I'm just getting too old for this. But it's always the devil you don't, you devil you don't know, and 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 that's that's no way to to operate things. I think he's done some good things. It's just, boy, those two or three things that haven't worked are franchise killers. If not franchise killers, they're franchise impeders to, 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 to keep you from going where you want to go. But I, I hear your point, and everything you say will be valid. And I just think I, I am – what to call they have 33 point. They, they, when they were 33 to nothing against the Vikings, they had a 99.9% chance of winning. And that's where I, that's where I, I am now with Ballard. I, I'm, I think there's a 99.9% chance he's back. It's probably even more than that. I, I just think he's back. Uh, and you know what that's going to do? It's going to it's going to give all the all the critics a forum to say, "Are you crazy? I mean, what what what?" What makes you think that this is going to work now? But the owner believes it. I, I, I really believe the owner really believes it, not because of the money, but the owner really believes that Chris is a very, very good, very, very good at what he does. And despite the two or three areas where they've had trouble, I, I, I'm just convinced that the owner believes that Chris Bowder is the guy to fix it. And, and, and I understand all the criticism from people, valid criticism from people who don't agree with that. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right, Jeff, Saturday, does Jim Mercer feel the same way even as we sit here and talk right now about the interim head coach? I think he's not lost trust in Jeff Saturday. <laughs> it's, that, that's going to be interesting. It really is. 
I think there's more of a chance of him coming back than what people think. And having said that, I'm not sure what over these, what's going to be eight games, what's going to tell you that. I mean, they did, they gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter at Dallas. They give up the greatest collapse in in NFL history. Now, unless this thing really, I don't say really goes south, it's already south. I mean, we're already in the southern hemisphere. Uh, I don't know what would could happen to change the owner's mind. I mean, keep in mind, they've got to go through the interview process with and adhere to the Rooney rule with, I could, I think it's talking to a couple of minority coaches along with Jeff and whomever else. I think there's a decent chance that Jeff's back. I, and, and again, and again, it's going to be so easy for critics to say, are you out of your mind? Uh, but the owner's going to do what the owner's going to do, and he's going to do what he believes in. And for the most part, he isn't going to care if there's, if there's uh, you know, a groundswell of criticism over it. If he, if he believes Jeff's the guy to do it, and I, and if that's the case, let's say that he is back. He, he and Chris Ballard would have to be. When I'm saying he, I mean Jeff Saturday. He, he and he and Chris Ballard would need to have some, some, some uh, coming to agreement on how things are. Because I, to my core, I don't believe Chris Ballard was in favor of firing Frank and bringing in Jeff. I just, I just don't. I, I've got a picture of Chris Ballard at that press conference, and he didn't look like. He was very happy, but you know, I it's it, it's such a strange. It's going to be such a strange off strange off season. You know, I think before long, Jimmy's going to come out and say yes. I mean, he's already he, Jack Kiefer already did a, a good story on the Athletic where he, he the owner basically said, I'd have to go back and look at what the wording was, but basically said that Chris is going to be back and 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 then so once that domino falls, and the next domino will be the the coaching search what, what, however long and however many people that in entails and then the next one's going to be the quarterback although the, the before, before the, the the draft you're going to have you know re-signing and not re-signing players you know they, they've got a lot of very significant free agents to deal with hopefully one of them's chase McLaughlin. that guy that kid's earned that kid's earned a, a contract um, so it's, uh, we talked, I tell you, it, it seems like it's crazy. The last two or three years we've talked about, you know, this is the most consequential off season in many years. Well, here we are again. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many, this one's more consequential because the, the, the first consequential one didn't, didn't pan out. So it's, it's not going to be a quiet off season. And fortunately the combines here again. So at least we can talk to the quarterbacks. And and see who they're going to get. I tell you, because if they need to move up, if they can stay stand pat at five or six, fine. If they have to give up something to move up higher, there may not many, be many other draft picks to worry about, depending on what you have to give to to, to move up. So it's going to be a huge off season. And we talked about this last last week, and and fans don't want to hear it, but th- this is going to take a year or two to to, to get the back to where you want to be. And while normally that would fans don't want to hear that because they've gone through the last two games of last year and this year and they're just they're tired they're tired of being 
told, you know, trust us, we'll get this right. But I think if they get a quarterback at five or six, whatever they end up being, and he's a guy that you can see might is probably the guy, and he's got, and you've got a future with him. I think the fan base will be okay with that. I think they'll be. Yeah, fine I think with that. Him. Yeah, I, th- I think the fan base to this point, they're yeah, probably feel as if they're going to have to see it before they can right. believe anything. And I don't blame them. I don't blame I, them I, at I all. I mean, you're you're you're, you're just kind of. Yeah, you're just kind of at the point where you, you, all right, enough of, you know, what they say every single year about this is great and that is great. Yep. I, I mean, alone, you think about the evaluation of Matt Ryan and how Matt Ryan has looked this season. And that's kind of what the Falcons fans, everybody was screaming on Twitter when the Colts made that deal. Hey, yeah. you know, what you're getting right now is not the Matt Ryan as to what you think you're getting. Right. And clearly the Colts didn't see that. Right. And maybe that's because they wanted to see, they wanted to see a Matt Ryan, not 2017 yes. Matt Ryan, but 2000, you know, to where this guy could still, you know, make the proverbial layups, which, you know, as the season went on, that's not been the case. I, again, I think as long as the fan base sees, I guess, a vision and they see a quarterback and they see moves being made and they see, Quiddy Pay getting better, and they see this, that, and the other. Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor back. I think I, I think they'll I think they'll be fine. I, I really do. But right now, you, you ju- what, what do you say? How do you say? Yeah, boy, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. What? I mean, right now, you, all you've got is is a high draft pick. You have no idea who it's going to be. Once you once you get people in place, whether Chris Ballard and and Jeff Saturday or the head coach. And then the quarterback, and then you, your roster is taking shape. Then I think the fan base can say, "Okay, you know, we're not crazy about having, having to wait another year or two, but at least we can see what what this might be." I, I think that that will behoove the team. To, it, it'll give the team, it'll buy the team some time to get this thing turned around, because right now it, it's hard to say, you know, stick with us because we're going to get this turned around because there's so many moving parts that you just don't know who's going to be in those spots. You think Jim Irsay would take a big swing at Jim Harbaugh? Well, don't you at least have to kick the tires and, and just say... There's no doubt. There's no doubt. What, what do you think? I, I, I think, Mike, honestly, and you can answer this, I think, I think the only thing that brings fan base and everybody back together with a, a legitimate sign of hope is Harbaugh. I think that's what does that. I'm very curious the weekend of the of the football playoffs because I've not seen much from Harbaugh. Maybe they've not had any access to him. I want to see how he deals with with questions about going to the NFL, and they have to come up. I mean, his his name has been out there, and I I hope somebody at these press conferences. Ask more than just, you know, what do you think? I hope there's two or three follow-ups and would you do it and how committed are you to Michigan? And and that's where you, you don't want to hear, well, well right now I'm the, I'm the Wolverines coach. Yeah, bull. You know, what, 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 what if the Colts are? I hope someone, and may, I, I would think the Michigan beat writers would, is, is how committed are you to, to Michigan? 
Do you want to be, you know, do you want to be Bo Schembechler and be there forever? Or do you, do, do, is, does the ego say, you know, I did it once at a high level at, in the NFL and I want to do it again. And, and I think Jim Mercy at least has to, at least has to have a conversation and see. And of course, boy, you do that. Let, let, let's say you call and he says, yeah, I do it. Can you imagine what it's going to cost? <laughs> so, but boy, you, you at least have to call and, and, and say, Hey Jim, what do you think? And, and see where it goes. And it probably goes nowhere, but at least you need to call. No doubt about that. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, Mike, I appreciate you more than you know. We'll see you in the press box on Monday. Have a great Christmas over there in Beach Grove, okay? Yeah, everybody out there, be safe. If we get the Armageddon weather, which maybe we won't, maybe we will, but be safe and have a good, have a good holiday weekend. You got it, Mike. Thank you. Later. That is Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59, the legendary slippery noodle larceny bourbon locks. Luna Zool tequila shots combined with an urban one Christmas party. Again, at the slippery noodle. Dustin DePurak from Miami regarding the Pacers in the heat tomorrow night. They're winning Boston last night. Then we'll close it out coming up at the top of the hour. Be careful if you're out and about because right now it is snowing in downtown Indianapolis. So we'll... Keep you updated on that. Get you more on a little NBA coming at you next. And also, I believe we got Zach Brown Band tickets. We've got Yacht Rock review tickets for New Year's Eve. Also coming up before the top of the hour. 93.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Number nine right now, Zach Brown Band, August the 6th, Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center, Zach Brown Band. Number nine is going to win tickets to that. Good Christmas gift-giving idea right there. 239-1070, number nine, you are a winner for Zach Brown Band tickets. Yacht Rock Review, New Year's Eve. We'll give those tickets away coming up before the top of the hour. Tucker Barnhart signed a deal with the Cubs today. Will Myers, the former Padres infielder, signs a deal with the Reds. I think that's the first Reds free agent activity so far this year. So we're looking at that as well. They also designate Mike Moustakas for assignment. That is some baseball news today. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he covers the Pacers for the Indianapolis Star. Dustin DePurek joins us. Um, I, I'm kind of curious. People have asked me this, and I don't think so. But do, do you think anything last night in that Tyrese Halliburton performance came off of what was the heels of the motivation for whatever the reason was behind the Wally Zerbiak comments on Sunday after that Knicks win over the Pacers? I mean, maybe um, uh, we didn't really push him on it on uh, in practice, but I think he did a Taylor Rooks interview and was just like, well, what, what's the deal with this guy? Why did he have all this stuff to say? Um, so there might have been something there, but I mean, there, like I, I think that might have 
sort of fed into sort of a larger, you know, it might have been a stream leading into a larger sort of river of, of motivation just because, I mean, obviously they didn't uh, they, they didn't close the last two games well. He didn't perform particularly well in, in the in late uh, uh, against the Knicks, didn't perform particularly well um, against Cleveland down the stretch, especially at the end of that game. Um, I think he felt like he didn't need to step up, and I don't think, you know, I mean, I thought the Wally thing was weird and bizarre. I mean, but, I mean, like, it's a toss-up as to whether or not he's an all-star. He's not a faker or want to be anything. Um, but, you know, I think he's aware that, you know, he needs to participate uh, he needs to perform better. Um, in crunch time, he made some big shots, you know, uh, last night, but obviously they, they didn't perform well as a group, uh, you know, down the stretch, really held on for dear life. And if, if that game's five more minutes, they get crushed. Um, so I think he's he's motivated by knowing, hey, like you are going to be judged, you know, by how your team performs and you, you've got to step it up. So I think that might have that might have added a little bit into that you know, stuff that was already going in that direction. I think he was aware that he needed to, to step up and ha- have a better game than he had the game before. You know, Dustin, the thing that impressed me about him is you could tell coming out of the second half, I mean, Boston was loaded up for him. I mean, they were going to pick him up full court, going to try to keep the ball away from him when the ball got to him. They were going to try to double team to make sure the ball got out of his hands. And he handled that, I felt, fantastically. Yeah, he really did. I mean, he's, he's just such a smart player. He's he's got such a high basketball IQ. I mean, like, like the more you talk to him, the more you realize like how much he's processing uh, in a short amount of time and how much he knows to expect. I mean, he watches a lot of basketball. You can tell he thinks about it a lot. Uh, so he wasn't surprised, basically, especially after that a 15 point first quarter with five assists uh, and hit three threes. He knew that okay, they're going to try to take the ball out of my hand. They're going to try to run everything after me. Um, and he still did some special things, you know, especially in the second half. You know, especially in the fourth quarter, made some really deep shots. There was a lot of a, a lot of ragged stuff going on down that stretch, but he found a way to make shots. But yeah, no, I mean he is he's aware when double teams are coming. He's aware when he's going to get switched on. You know, he, he always has a sense of what the other team wants to do and why. Uh, I think that's the other thing I think is really interesting about him. When you talk to him, they know why he knows why the other team does what it does. He knows what to expect them to do. You know what their motivations are. You know what's going to change. Like why they're going to start caring about certain things. Uh, that if you make one shot one time, they're going to notice it. Um, He's, yeah, just really, really, really good place. Doesn't make the, the right decision all the time. You know, doesn't ever do everything right all the time, but really has a, a sharp understanding of the game. And so he is going to be prepared for some of that, that stuff. He's not, he, he doesn't get really rattled again. I mean, he can make mistakes and go through stretches of play where he's not very good, but he, you know, he, he always kind of knows what's going on and, and, and what to expect from, from opponents. Dustin DePurak covers the Pacers for the Indianapolis stories on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So the issues with closing games, I thought their best game of the year against a really good team was that for the most of the way against Cleveland. Then they fade late in the fourth. Um, we saw them fade in the fourth as well against the Knicks. And then last night, I don't know what in the world they were doing. I mean, they were bouncing the ball around, losing it, throwing it away. It was just really ridiculous. What, um, what are some of the reasons behind that? What's Rick Carlisle say about why might there be a – uh, a reason behind you know, some of the uh, the follies, I guess, we have seen in late game situations with them. Yeah, I mean there have been there have been a few different things, and I think it's it, it has been different in different games. I asked them, I, I asked them specifically uh, last night. I'm not on the trip, but they they got me on Zoom, uh, you know, for the for the post game, and I asked, you know, what what, what you know you, you move the ball so well. I mean, they had 12 assists on 16 buckets in the first in the first quarter. I mean, that that really I thought was what drove 
that 18 nothing run. Everything they did really well in the first, I think, was driven by really good ball movement, really sharp passing. Uh, and, and they only had one turnover that quarter. They only had three turnovers the whole first half. They had 11 in the f- fourth quarter. I mean, they were just kicking around. It's like, okay, how are these the same guys that were so sharp before? And, and like his sort of, he, he wasn't really specific on an explanation there, but he said he really felt like, you know, they had the leverage in the first half and they were playing downhill for most of the first half. Uh, and Boston really turned that around and, and brought more, uh, uh, you know, just you know, had more of the hit first mentality, and you know, obviously, one side sort of bleeds into the other when the other team's you know making a whole bunch of shots, and you can't get going in transition because they're you know you know you're, you're taking the ball out of the net and they've got a set defense. It's harder for you to do a lot of the fun stuff that you, you like to do when when you like to run and stuff like that. And they obviously defended really well uh, in the first quarter. Boston was eight for twenty four. I think they missed a bunch in a row. Um, and you know, in, in like especially in the fourth quarter, you know, but really in the entire second half, uh, they were just rebounding off the charts. Uh, you know, like it, the Celtics were getting you know secondary possession, so it, it's leading to sort of just generally more ragged against you know set defenses, you know, offense and stuff like that. But I, I think there was, I mean, I think they were trying to force it. You know, rather than force shots, they were trying to force passes into some tight windows, and some guys weren't just some guys just weren't catching the ball. Um, but it was it was just kind of a mess. But I think he just overall just said, you know, the Celtics were were the aggressor just all around uh, in the second half, and in particular the fourth quarter, and, and, and the, you know, the pace just kind of crunched up um, and just made mistake after mistake, and they were just fortunate to get out of there with a win. It's uh, Dustin DePirac covers the Pacers for the Indianapolis Star on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Last time out, it was a slugfest. It was a disappointing slugfest, but what might the Pacers have for the Heat coming up tomorrow night, Dustin? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be aware that the Heat are really going to try to, to slow them down, and I think they're going to be aware that they have to be more physical. Uh, that, that's really been a, a, a point of emphasis really since the Brooklyn game. And, and they were physical against Miami. I don't know if they were aware for the grind that was coming. Um, but, but as you mentioned, I mean, I thought Cleveland was some of their best play of the year before they just, you know, the, the bottom fell out um, in the fourth quarter. And so I, I think you've seen more of an ability uh, from these guys to be physical, to hit first, you know, to bump. To box out, um, and, you know, really since my, my end game was kind of the beginning of that. So I think they're aware of what's coming. I think they learned some things about how to push tempo against teams that don't want you to run uh, against Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland came into that game, and I think they're still last in the league in pace, last in the league in points, last in the league in points allowed. They just, they play the slowest basketball uh, in the NBA. And so, you know, after you, you kind of get Cleveland a little bit sped up, maybe you get Miami a little bit sped up. But I, mean, I think the tough part is still going to be, um, you know, Miami can match up with, with Halliburton pretty well in particular, you know, out of body yeah. is just such a good pick and roll. Defender high ball. Hey, the, the, the high ball with, with Hey, I, I, sorry to interrupt, but the, the no, high ball, right. the screen and roll with, uh, with Halliburton and miles doesn't work nearly as well with Miami because of out of bio. Yeah, it's, it's the whole reason. It's the whole reason. I mean, like, I mean, it's so good against so many other people. I mean, he just, you know, Ty, yeah. Tyrese is just so good on a ball screen and makes so many smart decisions with it. But when you bring Bam, I mean, it's just a different game. And and I'm not you even saw just the rest of the week, you know, things that that you know other other teams try to do a lot of the same thing, bring their five up and try to you know try to double team the ball for a little while, you know, leave the five up there and, and you kind of try to defend Halliburton with length. It was like, no, you can't, <laughs> you can't do it. He's going to break you down. He's going to take you to the rim. He's too fast for you um but bam bam can stick with him uh and that it really tells you just how special uh of a defender bam out of io is there's there's not a lot of other guys in the league that can do that not too many people can do that but that was exactly what it was they could take away that high ball 
screen. It's so effective for so many point guards. It's just been such a big part of basketball, really, at all levels, uh, really, in the last five, ten years, uh, just running that high ball screen and getting stuff mo- moving off of that. But but Bam's too good. You know, Bam's too good, and you got to find other ways to attack him uh, because even other teams that like to slow you down, um, you know, can't take that away like Bam out of bio can. No doubt about that. So what's your impression on this team? Where they are right now going into the uh, the Christmas day, which is big in the NBA, and certainly, you know, as we uh, are on the verge of going into, you know, 2023, how do they feel about Miles, for example? Well, where is that feeling right now? I know not a lot has been said. Are we still under the impression that, you know, regardless of something stratospherically happening, that he's probably going to be traded before the trade deadline? I mean, I, I think you still lean there um, at this point. I think they, you know, like, you you got to feel good enough. If, if you're Kevin Pritchard, I mean, first off, you obviously need a real return. You know, you, you don't want to throw him away for peanuts. Uh, you you got to get something out of him, and, and, and you might, you know, hold on until uh, the deadline so that you, you've got kind of maximum leverage there. You know, I think, obviously, the team that seemed most interested for a long time was the Lakers, and if you're the Lakers, like, why? You know, I mean, like, you're 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 – you're not going anywhere, you know, like what do you need yeah. to throw future assets away for, for this team? You know, I, I, I don't really see it. Um, you know, I, mean, I think if, if you're the Lakers, you'd rather have buddy healed, you know, that, that gives you maybe more of an opportunity. Um, if you're trying to turn something around, you need, you need perimeter shooters more than you need anything else. I mean, like obviously Davis being out is an issue. Um, but you know, I, I don't know if the big gets you the same thing. I, I just don't think you're that close to what you have to give away from Miles Turner. Um, but you know, there, there could come a time when somebody else needs, him or really wants him and and you you've got to get a real return um and so i I would say it it makes more sense to move him um if you're where they are uh obviously if you fall if you feel if you totally fall off the map uh then you have to get rid of him um but you know if if you're in a position where you're still kind of in that play in range where you're between the seven and ten spots or you're on the fringe of that you're, you're on the opposite edge of that you know at 11 or so um you probably still have to make the move if if you get a good enough deal um yeah i don't know that it's not, not like worth letting him walk to hold him for the entire season um, so that you can be the seventh seed and, and maybe you get in and maybe you don't through the play in. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I would lean towards it just for that reason. But, you know, I mean, they really like this group and obviously Miles would have to sit to give more indication that he's willing to sign for something reasonable uh, for them to yeah. want to keep him. Um, you know, they, they, he'd have to really put some, you know, really put some, um, uh, you know, put his emotions out there to say that I really, really want to stay and I'll sign for 28 million as opposed to 35 or something like that. Um, you know, that's just kind of throwing darts at the wall at numbers. I mean, I don't have any of that from anybody. So that's just, that's just me just sort of guessing. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's enjoying it, but you know, it's, it's a little bit less fun than how that they've been losing when they were winning like crazy for a little while. Uh, it was a lot of fun to be on the team. And so, I mean, he obviously is going to have a lot to do with this and, and, and say, okay, like, what can you pay me to stick around? You know, I mean, I think if you ask them both right now, do they want, in, you know, Miles in Indiana next year, they would both say yes, but it's a question of, but what are you willing to give up? Yeah. You know, if you're the Pacers, what are you willing to spend? And, and if, you're, if, if you're Miles, what are you willing to sign for? How much of a discount are you willing to give? And, you know, that's kind of the big question is, is are, are they anywhere near close to what it would take? And I don't know. So, I mean, I, I would lean towards thinking that Miles will get moved. Again, that's not anybody telling me that will directly happen. That's just sort of my common sense feel um, for where things are going. 
Um, but for this group, I mean, it, it's it's obviously interesting. I mean, they can they've certainly proven they can be competitive with anybody, everybody, anybody every night. But they can also lose those games. You know, they they can again go run up by thirty points and play really really good basketball and fall off the tabletop at the end. And it's a coin flip as to whether they win the game or not. Um, so what, what that probably leads to is they're going to be you know sitting right at five hundred probably for a while, and then you're going to have to ask yourself, you know. What is it worth it to keep together a 500 team from February to the end, to to the beginning of April? Like, what's what's really the, the long term cost that you're willing to pay for that? And that probably leads to uh, making some moves. Hey, my man, have a great time down in South Beach. I, hell, I think it's going to be cold down there too. <laughs> but at least I'm you're... not on the trip. I'm not on the trip. I got to oh, well, be well, well, good right for now. you. Happy holidays to you. Thanks Happy for, for coming well. on here as always and. Uh, we'll do it again either before the start of the new year or after the new year, Dustin. Appreciate That's you. Wonderful. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Dustin DePirac right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. We'll come back, give you a chance to win Yacht Rock review tickets and more, and close it out with you next. The Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. ...with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, I want to thank everybody... Have a great holiday. Be safe. First responders, dot. we love you. Thanks for doing what you do. Have a great Christmas. I thank my friends here, my colleagues at Urban One for this party. Cappy here at the Slippery Noodle. Brent Halverson, Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, our betting analyst. Kyle, thank you. Yacht Rock Review coming up on New Year's Eve. That's when I start the JMV Takeover again. That's a week from Saturday. Yacht Rock Review number nine at 239-1070. You uh, will get a chance right now to win those tickets. It's going to be a great party. Number nine, 239-1070. I love you all. Have a fantastic and safe holiday. I'm back with you on Monday before the Colts and the Chargers on Monday night. Again, thank you all, Kyle. Thank you very much, Cam, the on-site engineering, Zach and the gang here, Brittany. Have a great holiday. Back with you all Monday. Be safe. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.